This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. All you have to do, dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. Once again, freetalklive.com. You can head over there and enjoy the various different features that are waiting for you. So enjoy them. You can actually create the content of our website by going to freetalklive.com and then submitting show prep to it. And when I say show prep, I mean pretty much any URL on the internet, something that you see that's interesting, you think it's fun, funny, entertaining, uh, serious, important, whatever it is you think our listeners will appreciate. You can submit a show prep and then others can vote and you get to vote on things as well. And the most voted up, make it to the front page and the top of the website. So do head over and get interactive over at freetalklive.com. Back in the studio as of last night, uh, Mark, you and Stephanie did the Sunday edition of the program. It's nice to be, it was nice to go to Porkfest. It's nice to be home. It is nice to be back in uh, beautiful Keene, New Hampshire. As, I should say the Porcupine Freedom Festival. And I don't know, Mark, I didn't hear any news regarding the final numbers. Did you regarding Porkfest? No, the yeah. only numbers I had were the you know comparisons of th- the, the Thursdays uh, previous and that it was uh, higher. Well, someone pointed out, and I think this is a good point, that a lot of people don't register. A lot of people register and don't come. A lot of people don't ever come pick up their register, um, their their badge and their little package. So there's kind of no way to really get accurate numbers. Oh, yeah. That, I, I would say that's absolutely true, that it's very difficult to uh, to know what, what the numbers are. All you can do is you know, try to use the same metrics over and over again and see how, it, uh, see how the numbers come out. Well, right. I mean, the same thing's true about the Free State Project in general, where the idea is to get as many liberty-minded people to sign up and make the move to New Hampshire and uh, get active to achieve more liberty in our lifetime. And the same thing's the case. Some liberty-minded people are, well, they're not interested in being on lists, so they just won't sign up. Uh, Of course, then there's another question of what if somebody signs up and doesn't move? Uh, And so really all you can do is track those who would be tracked. You can track those who will sign up and who will indicate whether they moved. And that's really the only solid number that you can have. So similarly with Porkfest, you can only track those who sign up and those who show up. I hadn't gone since 2009, and I will say that in the three years, there are considerably more people there. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a much bigger number. Yes. Absolutely. I thought it was just wonderful. It was a totally successful event, and it was great to be there again, uh, broadcasting live every single night. No point in rehashing it. Uh, we talked about it in great detail oh, yeah. last week. If you want to learn more about Porkfest 2012, go listen to any of last week's shows. That's where we were all week long, and uh, as we normally do, we're here to take your phone calls. You can bring up absolutely anything that you want here at 855-450-FREE. Now, there was something that actually went uh, down today that I wanted to talk about. Uh, it was this morning when our friend Derek J. was released from jail. We went to his, uh, well, when I say we, I mean me. I don't think either of you were there, but uh, you guys have to work. I have to work too, but I took the day off. Uh, I wanted to go and see my friend Derek J. get out of jail. And I didn't invite him on the show tonight because I figure he's probably got a lot to catch up on. But I'm hoping maybe we can get him in at some point this week to sit in on uh, on an episode of Free Talk Live perhaps tomorrow uh, to talk about his jail experience and to uh, hear his uh, wonderful voice on the air again. It's been too long since we've had him behind a microphone having spent 50 days behind bars. Why? 
Well, he decided he wanted to throw a dance party, a peaceful, quiet dance party in uh, the public central square here in Keene, New Hampshire last year. He also decided he wanted to smoke some cannabis, ride his bicycle, and uh, go to court. And they sentenced him to 540 days in jail as a result of all that. All of them, uh, all of those days, but approximately 50 of them were, uh, excuse me, was it 50? No, it was all of them, but... uh, 60-some were suspended. He'd already spent a week or so in jail, so he only had 50 to actually serve in a, you know, in the straight sentence that he had to, had to be there for. So, um, so he got out this morning? He was out this morning. I yep. called and checked on that, and I'm very glad to hear that. Is he still out after the, uh, the Middleburg <laughs> cussing incident? Right. Yeah, he is still out. Uh, as we discussed a couple weeks ago on Free Talk Live, the Middleborough, Massachusetts made news uh, a couple weeks back when they decided to make it Make it public that they were going to be making it a $20 fine for anyone who used profanity, which actually turned out to be a decriminalization of an existing law that actually made it an imprisonable offense uh, in which uh, it could have been, I think it was a misdemeanor charge, uh, where somebody could be arrested for, uh, maybe it wasn't a misdemeanor, but whatever it was, they, they yeah, had to it was be arrested. A misdemeanor. Was it a misdemeanor? It was a low-level misdemeanor okay. for cussing. Yeah, so the person could be actually arrested for uh, for cursing in public, and so now they're, they've made it so it's a $20 fine, meaning they can issue a ticket on site rather than arrest you. But technically, that's still arrest because you're still having to go through their system. You still have a complaint against you. You still can go to court and all of that. You know, it's, uh, it's really splitting hairs, but I don't like uh, cursing as a terminology, and I don't like profanity as terminology. Pro- okay. Profanity means uh, something that has to do with God, uh, oh. you know, taking taking the Lord's name in vain or some something like really? that. Cursing means... May the fleas of a thousand camels infest your tent, you dirty dog. How do you think yeah. those, those words became analogous to cussing? Would cussing be? Because more these are just sort of all bad things to say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, you know, using profanity and I, I, wordy dirds. Uh, this is just, it's just another way of, I guess, describing it. I don't know. But mm-hmm. they, they have all become analogous. I would absolutely agree that cursing. So what's the best word? Cussing? Cussing's the only one I've been able to come up with, but it's this kind of yucky kind of well, cussing word. sounds kind of like Juvenile. cursing that has just turned in. You know what I mean? Is like how did the word cussing come about? Because yeah, if I, I had to guess, I would say it's just a spinoff of cursing that's kind of just dropped the R over time. That's just a guess. Yeah, it sounds like a the sort of countryfied version of right. curs- cursing. Yeah. yeah, nineteen excuse me, seventeen sixty five through seventy five was the origin Americanism variant of curse. Yeah, so some southerner called it cussing. Yeah. I would know. be curious to know if the police department down there has a list of acceptable and unacceptable words because I wouldn't consider something sucks to be a cuss word. Some but, people do. But my mom didn't like it when I said it when I was a kid and, yep. and crap is another one that some people don't like but some people are okay with. I remember being blindsided as a kid after having having been, you know, pretty certain that I'd learned what all the bad words were, like, you know, there's F, there's S, there's B, you know, there's all these these you know, official bad curse words that everybody knows about. And then to find out that some adults actually considered sucks a curse word was shocking to me because, I mean, I had, as a child, used that term so often yeah, and with, with a you know, reckless abandon. Uh, to then find out that some people were upset about that was just absolutely unbelievable to me. I couldn't, I couldn't understand it. Because I'd never even heard it before. It's kind of a foul saying if you think about its origin. Sure. (laughs) Indeed. When I was in uh, elementary school, I was went to a private school. 
And each week, one of the teachers would have to give sort of the, you know, the, the, the sermon in chapel. We would have a chapel, I think it was on Wednesday or something like that, in the library. And each, each week, some teacher would have to do it. Well, one week, the, um, the gym teacher gave his speech on, gosh, golly, darn, and all these, and said that basically that these were just, you know, short ways, of, you know, nice ways of saying these other cuss words, so you shouldn't use them either. Well, he's probably right about the uh, idea that they're just replacements for I, I would they agree. words. You know, saying cheese and crackers rather than, uh, you know, using, you know, somebody's, uh, you know, zombie, uh, zombie saver. Right, these things. Uh, That's I, what my mom used to say. Sugar. Sugar, honey, iced tea, which which spells out the S word. Right. So, uh, you know, uh, where ridiculous. does it end? At what point does it end? If you can't say right. sugar, honey, iced tea, if you can't say that because it's too close to some expletive. I, uh, Don't use any words that start with the letter S and are four letters long. What what happens? I mean, you know, it's it's this. It's this, uh, you know, road down which there is no. It, everybody has to make their own decision. And you're right, Ian. We have had people call in on this show, and they didn't like that y- we had said something sucked. All right, our toll-free number here is eight five five four fifty free. I'll tell you more about what happened in Middleborough today, as Adam Kokesh and other activists from a lot of different places showed up to gather at the town hall in Middleborough, Massachusetts, with signs and megaphones. And video cameras to retain their free speech, to exercise their right to cuss. 855-450-FREE for your thoughts. Do you ever have connectivity problems due to poor Wi-Fi reception? I have an amazing solution for you. C-Crane's Super USB Wi-Fi Antenna 3. It can provide connectivity for up to a mile. We're using it at my house, and I can't describe it as anything but stunning. This antenna will change your life. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane Company, their products are the best. I highly endorse the C-Crane Company. Get your super USB Wi-Fi antenna at ccrane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll free. Bring up anything you want. 855 450 free. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that uh, we have waiting for you there. Again, freetalklive.com. And those features include archives, by the way. And those archives go all the way back to late 2006. All of them are completely free. And they're brought to you by great sponsors like SACL CAI. Hey, if you need some collections taken care of, Get in touch with Jason Osborne and the crew over at SACL CAI. Uh, Jason probably didn't do much uh, work for his business last week as he was busy organizing the Porcupine Freedom Festival with his wife, Sharon. But I imagine he's back at it uh, this week. Actually, they uh, had a big contract that they had to get sealed up uh, last week. During Porkfest? And they did that, yeah. Oh, wow. That's great. Uh, So they will get it done over at SACL CAI. They'll get your collections done. They'll do it with respect so you can keep your customers down the line, which is very important. Uh, So go to SACL CAI's website. You can find the link to it at the top of our banner column over at freetalklive.com. Once again, freetalklive.com. As we continue here, uh, we've been talking about the profanity ban that is, or the cussing ban. I don't even uh, know, right? That is going on 
in Middleborough, Massachusetts. Now, Middleborough is a, a small town just south of uh, maybe like 20 minutes south of Boston or something like that. And these guys have had it on the books for a while, since 1968, that uh, cussing is prohibited. But as I understand it, at least from what I heard from one of the ladies at the protest today, she says the way the statute is written or the ordinance is written is that it only has to do with like an imminent threat kind of a curse. So I'm going to effing kill you? I yeah. mean, it seems ridiculous. I mean, what, why would it be worse if somebody used a curse word in the midst of a threat? It wouldn't, shouldn't a threat just be a threat? Right. I'm going to kill you versus I'm going to effing kill you. Now, to be, you know, again, to be clear, I, I haven't use, read the ordinance, so I don't know for sure what it says. I'm taking her word for it. This is just, this was somebody who was protesting or? This, she seemed to be somebody who was uh, there to observe. I don't think she was a protester because she seemed to be, you know, critical of the protesters. Like, basically suggesting the protesters don't understand this ordinance. You know, they're protesting something that is not illegal. She was saying that for her to just stand there and utter the F-bomb would not have been illegal by the way the protest, or by the way the ordinance was written. So she could just be somebody misinformed or a crazy lunatic. She could be either of those things. It sounds like they kind of redid the ordinance a little. Like, I understand that they decriminalized this old ordinance on the books, but I read articles with I'm quotes from city people, and mm-hmm. they seem to aim it at teenagers outside who yeah. they didn't like. Yelling so. uh, curses back and forth. Right. So oh, I totally understand. Uh, again, I just wanted to mention that for what it was worth as sure. an additional bit of information. This so, is what this lady thinks. That's right. Now, there were all kind of interesting people there. And by the way... Uh, the and how news- does one get an ordinance like this? I mean, I don't even know how to you know, look it up online. Well, a lot of uh, towns and uh, cities have their ordinances. Mine certainly doesn't. Probably true. Uh, But the city of Keene does. So if you want to go and look up all their ordinances, that's a city. Many of them have uh, have these things. But good question, Mark. I don't know. This law was voted on by 180 people in a 20,000 person town. Isn't that correct? So I this is a town, not there. a city. Likely that means that they're not very organized. I mean, you so know, that's all the political people and their families. Mm-hmm. And then the yep. 50 was everyone else that bothered to come out and vote or knew about it. That's usually the case. By the way, uh, the news media was all over the place at uh, Middleborough this afternoon. It started at about uh, 1230. Uh, we all left. By from- the way, I do agree with the, the lady that this was a misguided protest. But go ahead. Oh, I don't agree with that at all. We can get into that if you'd like. I think it was absolutely an important thing to do, and clearly the news media agreed because they were crawling. Oh yeah, the news the media thinks it's important. That's why they came out. Well, usually that's what they the news ignore. media does. The news media concentrates on what's important. They Please, usually do you ignore. Really believe that? They usually ignore protests by liberty-minded folks, and this one was the most well-attended. Uh, from the media protests that I have ever seen in my history as awesome. an activism. Great. There were more media people crawling around this place. And I, I mean, there might have even been more media people than there were protesters. It was I hard wonder to tell. If it was because it's so close to Boston. Like, well, that's a factor. Keene is convenient. normally where you do activism, True. and people from Boston aren't likely to come out to Keene to do stories. You but it's also point. hard to get the media, and in this case, an AP story had been done previously, yes. and therefore the media had a chance. To, the media reads the media, and so they had a chance to see this, and I think to some extent, it's just the it's how much it was publicized as to how many people came. 
no doubt about it. I mean, I totally agree. You're, I think you're spot on in that this is convenient. It's a short ride from Boston, so it's understandable that more media would come out to it. But all that said, uh, I think it was important for people to go out and violate this law because if you don't exercise your rights, you lose them. So this is essentially the same as an open carry protest. I mean, a lot of people look at open carry uh, – again, protest, maybe that's not the right word. Protest, outreach, uh, This is display. an outreach? Going uh, out in the middle of town and cussing your head off I is outreach? I was outreaching there. I had don't take a plea deal flyers, and I had philosophy of liberty flyers, and I got rid of every single one of them that I brought. I underestimated right. the size of the uh, the crowd that was going to be attending this. Um, I was fortunate in that I was able to speak at this particular event. And I did talk a bit about don't take a plea deal and why it is that uh, people shouldn't allow themselves to be pushed around. Adam Kokesh had given a great speech about bullying and how the government people are bullying people and that we need to stand up to bullies. And that's what I said that not taking the plea deal was. It's standing up to bullies. If people are given a ticket for a twenty, you know, twenty dollar ticket for saying a naughty word in public, they shouldn't pay the ticket. They should take that sucker to trial. I agree, and that's what I was there to communicate. So yeah, Mark, I, I that's outreach. I, fine, it's a protest as far as I'm concerned. I, mean, I didn't set it up. I came there to do outreach, and that's what I did. So anyway, my point was there was media all over this place. A lot of people were there. So there's already uh, reports that are hitting the uh, the mainstream. You can go and look for Middleborough, and I think you can misspell it as well. Uh, it is apparently spelled Middle B O R O. Uh, but if you go and look for Middleborough on Google News, you will see there are at least approximately 11 uh, different stories so we've and got 11 different spellings the NECN the New England Cable News Network uh, WHDH from Boston I believe was there Democratic uh, Democratic Underground was reporting on a WATD FM so a lot of different uh, media had come out for this and I'm, I'm, I imagine other uh, Boston Globe as well I imagine other news agencies will file their reports or put their packages online after their 11 o'clock news tonight typically in a lot of uh, news agencies, you'll see the news air first on their on-air live stream, and then a few hours later, some point in the middle of the night, they'll put their uh, their packages online. But uh, Adam Kokesh got a whole lot of attention. He considered it a major uh, success. I'd say it was a major success for Adam Kokesh. Yep. I don't know what else it did besides promote Adam Kokesh, which is a great, you know, he does a great YouTube channel, and he's a you know articulate spreader of the ideas of liberty, but... I don't know what else it did. Many from Keene were there. Um, in fact, uh, really we were interviewed the by the – a number of us were interviewed by the press, including Derek J., uh, including myself. In fact, a former Keene Sentinel reporter was there working now for a new paper in the Boston area who came out. And so she recognized uh, me. And, oh, it's you guys again. Yep. 855-453. We're activists, man. We go where the activism is. Although most of us don't like to go to Massachusetts, this seemed like something we couldn't pass up. Your thoughts are welcome. 855-453. Empower yourself by trading with value. Visit DontTreadOnMeme.com. Browse their unique silver dime trading cards and get all your favorite designs. Gift them, keep them, or trade them for something else. They're real value in a convenient package and a tool that you can use to spread the word about honest money and how it sets us free. While you're at it, check out their quality apparel. You'll want to be the first of your friends to get their clever graphics on you. Don't tread on meme. That's don't tread on M-E-M-E dot com.
This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want. Toll free at 855-450-FREE. Maybe you were out at the uh, the ban, or rather the protest against the ban on profanity. Or cussing, as Mark prefers to say. I don't know, man. Maybe you were there. You want to comment on your experience. 855-450-FREE. That's the toll-free number here. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com where you'll find lots of different features, including our mobile site. You can go to m, as in mobile.freetalklive.com and get quick access to all of our live streams in all the different sizes we have. we got broadband, midband, and narrowband uh, bit rates for you. So for those of you with a little bit of a slower internet connection, or restricted cell phone uh, data, you can uh, get a slower bitrate, and that'll fit better for you. So go to m, like mobile, dot freetalklive.com. And coming up next year, the Porcupine Freedom Festival 2013. The dates have been announced, oh, as they I have? understand it. Yes, I have yet to, I've yet to have a chance to blog about these things, so uh, you on Free Talk Live will be probably some of the first to know about it. I don't know where it has been officially announced. I, I believe the, uh, the president of the Free State Project announced I saw it, it to her Facebook. Today. I believe the uh, new dates will be June 17th through the 23rd so basically the same week that it was this year except next year so keep that in mind and lock in your uh campground uh as uh, quickly as possible uh in fact i'm i'm i want to make sure i call tomorrow morning to uh to lock in my uh, my space so, you're not wrong you know yeah. Yeah, no, no do not delay you don't want to be camping off-site or having to stay in a hotel room off-site if you can avoid that uh, so go to freestateproject.org, though. We're going to talk more about the Free State Project over uh, the, ne- you know, the next several months since there aren't any imminent events that they're putting on until next year's Liberty Forum that happens in the wintertime. Uh, and the Free State Project is the idea of getting liberty-minded people together so we can take action and we can be more free in our lifetime. That doesn't mean that everybody's going to agree upon which action to take. Mark, you disagreed with today's uh, protest in Middleborough, Massachusetts. I have some uh, things that I like about it, but... You know, it just seems kind of crass to me. Okay. Well, I, I, I would agree with you. Crass might be the, the it's right It's not word. like any parent who didn't want to have their six-year-old hear these words th- didn't have the opportunity to, you know, hear about this. I mean, it's, it was a major new AP news story. So, you know, I guess all the warning that could be given for this kind of protest, and I'll agree with you that, uh, you know, nobody should be thrown in jail for, for using some kind of... Uh, foul language but i do think that when one is asked not to use foul language that one should you know probably just make an attempt not to do that so uh i think crass might be an appropriate word to use for this but in in a similar way one could say that an open carry uh trash pickup is also intimidating Uh, i mean some people see somebody carrying a weapon openly as happens on a regular basis here in new hampshire because and in other places it's also legal uh but there are people like dave ridley from ridleyreport.com that will schedule a uh, an open carry event where they'll usually go out with some trash bags and pick up a a park or something like that and they'll be carrying firearms and some people see that especially people from massachusetts and new york uh, where firearms are largely prohibited uh, they will see Get that. all upset. And, yeah, and they'll, oh my goodness, there's someone carrying a firearm. And they'll call the police, and the police will come over, and they'll have a chat with the person with a firearm, and they'll, you know, they'll, there will be a scene made out of this. But the fact is, and the idea is, at least behind these uh, protests or these events, outreach events, whatever you want to call them, is that if you don't exercise the right, you don't have it. You'll lose it. Because if people don't use freedom of speech, 
then they're going to be relegated to saying only things that are popular. And the idea behind free speech is to protect that which is unpopular. Because you don't have to protect that which is popular. You have to protect the speech that's unpopular. That's why groups like the ACLU, while they, uh, the people that are making up the ACLU may disagree with the, you know, what a hate monger might say, they'll come out every single time to defend what the hate mongers are saying because they, you know, the, the idea is to protect free speech. So that was the idea, in my opinion, behind this particular event in Middleborough, Massachusetts, which was covered by a number of different... So did you uh, use profane language while you were there? I did uh, utter the BS uh, term when I was giving my speech and nice. talking about BS. See, I don't think that's overly foul. I, I, I would agree, but... but I well, did not pepper my speech with terms. I used it to uh, accentuate the crimes that I thought were nonsense. But I think you're misrepresenting what you did. I mean, you know, the, the ACLU might defend a hate monger because they believe that that's his right to speak, but they wouldn't use the hate monger's language to do so. And you were saying you're there to defend people's right to cuss. I, however, you did do the, the cussing what's wrong itself. With, what's wrong with cussing? Uh, you know, I think that there's times and places for I don't pepper my speech with... Well, right. I think there are times and places for it. And when I feel passionate about something... I'm going to utilize a word to accentuate that, that passion. I mean, if I think a crime is nonsense, I might use a more strong word like BS. And that's what I was talking about was all the crimes that I think people it's hard should take to, to court. It's, it's hard to con, uh, convert people while offending them. I don't really care if people are offended by uh, by that term. And that's the problem. Yeah, no, I no, it's not a problem because I'm going to speak how adults speak and adults speak not all adults with curse speak that words. Way. Plenty of adults use Plenty curse do. words. Sure. See, see, to me, if you had gone up there and you said, you know, f this and f that, and you know, and you your entire speech, every other word, I think that would be foul and over the top, and that's not the way most people speak. Um, I, didn't I, I speak think that way. Yeah, I think that using the word BS, saying this is BS, is that doesn't make me uncomfortable at all, and I think that's pretty normal. And most yeah, people Derek would agree. Jay did the same thing when he got up and he spoke. He only used one uh, cuss word in his speech as well. I think one is showing some certainly some restraint in this circumstance. Yeah. So uh, let me give you a little bit of a, the news media's coverage of this particular event. There are several uh, articles online already. This one is from the Taunton Daily Gazette. Alice Elwell reporting. Between 50 and 100 people turned out in pouring rain today. That's another important point. This was not the day for a protest. It was absolutely sopping wet. And uh, to curse the new, uh, new bylaw that may ticket folks for public swearing. Some used a bullhorn to curse loudly across Middleborough Town Hall lawn. One protest goer held a sign with George Carlin's infamous seven dirty words that the comic can, said can never be used on television. Two Middleborough women wore silk-screened t-shirts that said, I'm from Middleborough, I swear. Many argued that the new town bylaw goes against freedom of speech. The new bylaw must be approved by the state attorney general as, a consti- as constitutional. And I don't see how it can be. Before it can go in effect, but it's been in effect in Middleborough since 1968. The yeah, but nobody's version, reviewed it. The new version is uh, a lesser punishment for... Yeah, and I think that this this protest makes some sense to bring some attention to the unconstitutionality of this and to warn the bureaucrats that, hey, look, people are people are paying attention no matter what. Well, they say that the process with the attorney general could take a few months to accomplish, so maybe it'll be Justice's terrible point. swift sword. Adam C. Kokesh, 30, a Marine veteran who transmits from a studio in Arlington, Virginia. Used, by the way, his website's adamversustheman.com. Great activist. 
uh, used his podcast to rally Facebook followers to bring a bullhorn and their foulest vo- vocabulary to Middleborough and engage in the most profane conversation possible. He was present for the demonstration. As the curse words were uttered at the demonstration, police drove by but made no arrests and detained no one. The demonstration started at about 12.30 and lasted for an hour with a few stragglers hanging around till about 2 o'clock. Town Hall was closed for lunch during the protest. Do you think they normally close for lunch? At, uh, probably. It's one of those things. You know, My town hall closes well, several days a week. Thirty is is lunchtime. It too. was lunch hour, no doubt about it. But it seemed awfully convenient that the town bureaucrats would uh, not be in attendance for this particular protest. But moving on, uh, the news media showed up in force, and the rain stopped just as the protest ended. On uh, June 11th, 883 voters approved a change in how the 1968 cursing bylaw would be enforced. It shifts violations from a criminal offense to a non-criminal offense, published by, punishable rather by a $20 ticket. Uh, the bylaw stirred debate nationally and made phones ring off the hook at Town Hall. Middleborough resident Darlene Freights, 51, uh, recalled a time when dirt roads crisscrossed a town. She says, we're just a piddly, sleepy town. Interviewed at the protest, she said she opposed the cussing fine and had attended the June 11th town meeting but did not speak out there because she said, quote, I was under the assumption more people would stand up. Now, that's interesting. She was hoping other people would speak out. Yeah, and this is I, this is why I hate town meetings. Um, you know, I go there in my town meeting, and it's all opposed, yay. Um, all you know, all, all for it, yay. All against it, nay. And it's just me saying nay. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control here. More about cussing, and your thoughts are welcome. Free talk live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press. The Internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features you'll find there totally free. Once again, freetalklive.com. Tonight, here with you, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. All right. So you can join us, of course, uh, on the phones, online as well. 855-450-FREE is our toll-free number here. And maybe you've got some thoughts about the uh, profanity protests that went on today in Middleborough, Massachusetts made, uh, it appears to be making uh, at least local headlines. I imagine the AP is going to have a follow-up story at some point here. It was the AP that actually broke the news that this protest was going to happen. So there was, there were, there was news stories about this in advance, which is pretty unusual, number one. For any kind of liberty-oriented event, and it's also unusual that the media is going to cover it after the fact, but they are. And uh, kudos to Adam Kokesh from Adam versus the Man dot com for basically setting this up. I mean, anybody could have done it, but Adam's got a lot of folks following him on Facebook, so he probably did it more successfully than say if I, if I had done so, uh, for instance. So a lot of people were able to attend this, and I think more so because it was right after the Porcupine Freedom Festival. There were a number of faces from folks that were at Porkfest that were at this particular event as well. In fact, many of us actually came down from Keene uh, to attend this. There were probably at least seven or eight people there just from Keene alone, so we probably had a good you know, portion of uh, some of the folks that were there. Also, the rest of Porkfest 
I would say there were probably about 15 people at this event total from Porkfest. Uh, so it was a good amount of Liberty activists that had showed up, plus a number of people from the uh, Middleborough area and the surrounding areas and people across Massachusetts and maybe even New England. I, I think this protest is important. Mark said that he didn't really see the point, or or maybe he didn't say exactly that, but he doesn't Why? necessarily approve. Um, well, I think that if you're going to have public property, which we currently do, um, I I don't think that you can ban speech. I think it's totally inappropriate, and I think it's inappropriate enough that um, it's it's kind of begging people to come and swear in public. I absolutely agree. Let's talk to Tyler in Ohio, listening in Columbus. Tyler, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Evening. Tyler, oh, uh, let me uh, see here. I think we've got to get you turned up a little bit. Go ahead. All right, is that better? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I was uh, I was actually listening to uh, the latest episode of Puke and the Gang, uh, where uh, Julia was on there. That was interesting. I enjoyed her presence on there. Just thought I'd let her know that. Thank you. But Excellent. The um, <laughs> the, um, the cousin band kind of reminded me um, uh, when I was younger. I I uh, I didn't I didn't even I didn't know any cuss words when I was in third grade. I remember somebody asked me wow. to say a cuss word. Yeah. Did I you know. go to I, Did I, you go to public government school? Yeah, you didn't I did. know. I went to uh, actually. I went to a school that was kind of in the in a in a lower economic part of town. It was a magnet school, but they put it in a lower economic part of town. Some somebody asked me to say a cuss word, and I thought whiskey was a cuss word because <laughs> my parents, nobody in my family, like nobody in my family would drink. Nobody in my family drank, so I thought it was bad, and I thought that was a bad word. Mm. <laughs> it's pretty um, funny. Yeah, well, um, and that that led me down a thought of thinking of uh, I was pretty much a a good rule follower, a good little rule following boy when I was growing up. And I've noticed with the liberty movement, there's not a lot of people, I haven't noticed a lot of people that were, you know, they were more, they were more, they didn't really care about authority. And you've talked about how you would just kind of flaunt the authority of the people around you. I uh, usually just did what I was told. I said thank you to the teachers when they would punish me and things like that. Mm. Um, are there a lot, I mean, you know, with your experience, have you found people that are up there in New Hampshire, maybe that kind of arrived the ideas of liberty just purely through, like studying Austrian economics? That was how I got how I got to this point. Absolutely, I mean, there are a bunch of people that have different paths. Um, so not everybody is born with the kind of anti-authoritarian mindset. I'm certainly I- not. I, th- I think for me, um, like when I heard this message, because I came across Liberty through Free Talk Live. And when I first heard this message, I mean, within a week, I would have considered myself an anarchist or whatever. The- I heard this message and I felt like this is what I had always believed. And and I just had never heard it before. And I was a very anti-authoritarian kid. So, you know, maybe the difference. I meet a lot of people who it took them a long time to come to come around, you know, they really had to study it. I think, Mark, you were a Republican mm-hmm. on yeah, the early shows, right. which are very entertaining. <laughs> um, so, so you Amp know, the program so that you can get the old shows. Right. So, I, you know, that's my personal experience with it is maybe it's a little easier for the anti-authoritarian types to come around. But right. that said, I mean, there's plenty of people at Porkfest and in this movement that uh, that have similar stories as you, Tyler, that uh, entered I through agree. some sort of academic means or simply, you know, it just took them decades to, to finally come across these ideas and then they clicked. Uh, but up until then, they were very obedient serfs. Uh, so, I mean, everybody's got their own st- – everyone has their own story and everyone's path is slightly different. 
uh, I was stuck in the minarchist mud hole for a few months, and then I started a new job, and I was working with a uh, another listener of the show, and he was like, well, don't you think the free market's pretty much better at everything? I was like, well, yeah. He was like, so why, do you, why, why are you a minarchist? I was like, I don't know. Because <laughs> it's always been that way. You know, I think exactly. that the biggest problem of, you know, for for minarchists is, um, you know, and, and I would say that I have a lot of sympathy towards that uh, that, that uh, time frame or that, that idea, the, the minarchy. But, uh, you know, how does one get from small sort of constitutional republic to something less than that? Government doesn't wither and fade, fade, fade away. Government grows. Um, yep. And so, you know, if you give somebody the uh, you know monopoly on a particular use of force in a particular area say you make it cops courts roads and soldiers that's going to grow over time right. and they're going to use that in whatever way they can there's only one way to get away from that and that is to convince people that the idea of a monopoly on these things is a bad idea and have them reject it and once enough people reject that idea then those people who are trying to foist that monopoly upon us will not be successful anymore because they won't have the legitimacy that is the key to their success and the only difference between the small constitutional republic or small government or whatever term one wishes to use and Something else, uh, you know, say, you know, choice. Basically, it's just choice. The only difference is the ability to say no, thank you. If I live in a geographic area where they want to pay for, say, public school with tax money and I don't send my kid to public school, then I should have the choice to say no, thank you. If they have a police department that I consider to be corrupt and I don't want to my money to go to that police department, and I would prefer to have my home secured by, say, you know, ADT or you know, uh, whatever. Um, I'm just Black trying water. to, yeah, Blackwater, whomever, <laughs> whatever organization w- is willing to contract with me to secure my home and my my business, then I should be able to take the money that I would otherwise send to whatever policing organization in town that I believe to be corrupt and send it to this company, or pay more or pay less, whatever the options are. If it comes down to um, you know, and, this, and the same would be said with soldiers. Essentially, it's just another form of protection. If uh, roads, for instance, you know, say I don't want the, I don't like the way they're doing roads. Why can't another organization build roads? Well, I'll tell you, because they're pushed out of the marketplace by an organization that claims eminent domain over the ability to seize people's property. So it's really, it's just about monopolies. It's the ability to say, no, thank you. Freedom is only the ability to say no thank you. When you do not want to give somebody freedom in some particular area, you simply don't want to let somebody say no thank you. That's right. Tyler, any other thoughts you want to share tonight? Yeah, I was actually wondering if um, if there is any way to find more people uh, of a like mind. I actually live in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, uh, I'm up in Columbus for something else. But I was wondering if there's a way to find other people in the area or in an, in a given area besides New Hampshire, because uh, can't make it there immediately. Is is there are there places like on the forums or something like that where you can find people that maybe other people listen? Because I know there's several people I've heard call in from Louisville. So yes, I know uh, one of them. <laughs> there there is a way to do that on the forum on the, over at bbs.freetalklive.com. Mm-hmm. However, it's not very effective. Um, yeah. they, I've I've had local forums on that uh, BBS for years, and they're hardly ever used by anyone. Right. Uh, but you could totally go to the Kentucky forum and post a thread about Louisville. There may actually already be a Louisville thread on there, and then others who are in Louisville could, in theory, go there and also respond to it. It wouldn't hurt for you to give that a try. It is a way for you to yeah. connect with other people that listen to Free Talk Live in Louisville. Maybe a 
Maybe Otherwise, I would recommend I you know any Ron Paul meetup groups. Yeah, that would be the thing. First I, place I, that I would go. I was say any sort of Facebook Libertarian Kentucky groups. That too. Um, <clears throat> or you could. I, I mean, we met some guy from Arizona. I know this is like a year away or a half a year away, but if you came to like Pork Fest, you might meet some people that you didn't know. Because I met a couple people from Arizona, for example, and they didn't know each other, and they met, right. and that was nice. And then you get to meet other people too. So there you go. All right, guys. Well, that I'm going to head on out. Drop on into bbs.freetalklive.com. Look for the local uh, sub-forums there. We've got them for every single state, even uh, other countries as well. There's Thanks, another Tyler. organization called Liberty on the Rocks. That, uh, Is that does, the dating thing? I think it's uh, more like uh, you know just getting together with people. I got you. Cool. Hey, thanks, Tyler. Appreciate the call. Good luck. Thanks. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Today, huge protest in Middleborough, Massachusetts, with any uh, anywhere from 50 to 100, according to one mainstream media source. And you know how bad they are at estimating numbers. I would say probably closer to 50. But uh, dozens of people came out to protest the profanity ban. More come- Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Toll-free number tonight, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. And all the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com as we launch here into the second hour of the program and tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Um, by the way, uh, just to kind of recount uh, a little bit of what we talked about last hour for those of you just tuning in. Major uh, press attendance today occurred at the Middleborough Profanity Protest, where Adam Kokesh, uh, myself, Derek J. Freeman, and a number of others. Derek J., by the way, got out of jail early this morning at uh, just after 9.30. For his victimless crime spree. For his victimless crime spree, and he has—he's uh, very excited to watch his own movie, which was produced while he was in jail at victimlesscrimespree.com. The movie is not yet available, but that's where it will be available when it is complete. We're going to put some finishing touches on it. Hopefully, have it to you within the next few weeks. Uh, so we all went out. A number of us, uh, plus uh, folks from the Middleborough area, folks from Boston and other parts of Massachusetts, and a few. Uh, a few angry old bats uh, came out uh, to support the profanity ban, but most people were opposed to the profanity ban in Middleborough, where you can be ticketed for a $20 Please ticket. Please tell me the angry old bats were cussing. I didn't hear everything they said, but they got into it with a guy who was like your kind of prototypical loudmouth Massachusetts guy, mm-hmm. uh, and this guy was there to be as offensive as he possibly could be. Now, this is funny because, um, to me, like a curse word, like, what if I'm really happy and I say, you know, wow, I, I had such a great effing day, right? right? Like I'm really emphasizing the fact that I had a wonderful day, but I could yell at you and be very aggressive and not say a curse word. You could. So to say that somehow a word is negative doesn't make any sense. It's all about There's the context. context. 
Exactly. So you're talking about someone who was there to be obnoxious. He was. Right. And so to me, like that, no matter what he was saying, that's that's uh, more rude or whatever. Than, much louder. Right. He was definitely rude. But he should be free to be rude, and that's the point of the, the protest. As has been pointed out in news media, they went and put this provision into effect because there's some teenagers downtown who were cursing and or cursing at people and upsetting some people. According to uh, the news media, there were certain business owners that believed that it was negatively affecting their business, and so therefore they wanted to put a stop to it. But fact is, teenagers are going to curse. That's just how things are. Um, putting them in jail, fining them is not going to stop them from cursing. It's just going to create more courtroom load and uh, you know, it probably will enrich the government to, uh, to some extent because most people are going to take the plea deal and they're going to just go ahead and pay the fine. But ultimately, it's not going to, it's not going to stop the, uh, the problem if there is one. But the real problem is, private, is uh, that the, the property is not private. And that was touched on to some extent, I think, today. But not so much as the free speech aspect, because as you pointed out last hour, Julia, we have public property. Yeah, it's a bad idea, but right, it's like an idea that's the fairly real common. issue is that it, there shouldn't be public property because then who gets to make the rules? But since there is public property, it's not fair that a certain group gets to deem this list of words they don't want to hear. And, right. and if you don't, if you say those words, you get fined. You know what I found offensive today, and I wish I could remember the URL. I would totally go and look at it. There was a guy that had an RV that was towing a trailer. So this was a pretty long uh, object. I mean, the the RV was a full-size RV, and it had a trailer on it as well. This is a pretty long car vehicle to be driving around. And it was like, hear the truth or something like that, or hear the word. And he had huge uh, banners on the side of his RV that uh, essentially were preaching about, you know, you don't know the truth and you need to go to my website to find the truth. And he had a PA system that he was was talking out of through his RV. And one of the statements on his trailer, because he had words there too, uh, one of the statements on the trailer was, and I'm paraphrasing, it was something to the effect of that women are tempting men uh, with their bodies into doing terrible things, and women are essentially like the devil. And you know that Julia's I, tempting me just sitting there. I found uh, offensive. What? I, I found I found that offensive. Like you know, so people saying curse words don't bother me anything, but you know, saying that women are the downfall of man, I mean, essentially is what this guy the was saying. The old Adam Eve story, right? Yeah. Is, I find I find that pretty offensive, and this guy's tooling around town, uh, spouting off his hatred through his uh, his PA system. I find it hateful, and I still wouldn't say that uh, he should be fined for that hate. I just would choose not to associate with him. Oh, absolutely. Although I would have been, in, I would have been very interested had he actually gotten out of his RV and come up to the protest. What he was doing was circling the area and just driving by over and over again. And I don't think he ever actually did park the RV and come up. At least if he did, he wasn't obvious. He wasn't carrying any signage or anything like that. So I would have uh, would have been interesting to have actually had a conversation with this guy and you know what was it that was his intention to come out to this particular protest. And yeah, we, I imagine he would have been really uh, welcomed with open arms, right? Maybe the uh, maybe some of my car mates will remember what the URL was. We can go and look on look on his website and try to figure out who he is. But 
so a little bit more here about what happened today in Middleborough, where a bunch of people, dozens of folks, came out in pouring rain, uh, as well as dozens of media, it seemed. It seemed like there were at least 20 people from the media at this uh, particular event. Lots of news coverage is already available, but there was something I wanted to focus a little bit further upon here, and that is Dar- uh, Middleborough resident Darlene Freights, who is 51 uh, she said that she had opposed the fine for cussing and had attended the town meeting, but did not speak out because she said she was under the assumption that more people would stand up. She blamed disgruntled store owners for the new bylaw. She says, I get the fact that teenagers stand outside swearing, but why make the whole town suffer, she said on Monday. According to town clerk Allison Ferreria, Ms. Freights was not on the list of voters who attended the June 11th town meeting. So she says she was there, says she was afraid to stand up. She didn't want to stand up because she was hoping someone else would do it for for her. Uh, but the town clerk claims she was not on the list of voters. Now, do you have to be a voter to attend a town meeting? You do not. Um, you can sit in the back. Uh, usually they have some place for non-voters. But Can you speak if you're not a voter? I don't know. Okay, but I only ask because you've gone to these things. I've got to say, I've been to these things and I don't know that I've necessarily had my name checked off of any lists. I mean, if she abstained from voting mm-hmm. on some particular thing, I, usually this is all voice vote stuff anyway. Yeah. So I don't know that I, I can't tell you that my name would be on a list of uh, you know voters that went to a particular thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I question what the town clerk is saying because she's a government bureaucrat. So to me, she's automatically under suspicion of, of lying. She's not um, on the list. There is no list, yeah. but she's not on it. Right. Or she, maybe she wasn't on a list of voters because she's not a voter. You know, maybe she was attending the meeting without being a voter. Or they didn't, uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. Because uh, you can walk into the City of Keene meeting and just talk to the, you know, the, the people there. Actually, at one of their commission meetings, they allow the public to speak. All you have to do to speak to them is, is claim to live in the area. You don't have to be a registered voter. So, but I, I thought it was interesting, this statement that... Uh, that she was under the assumption more people would stand up. And I think it's a real I think that's emblematic of a problem that this country and people within it suffer uh under under which they suffer. And uh and I and you know you look at it an example of this for instance one of my favorite examples is crossing the street at a intersection and not waiting for the green walk signal. It's a good example, yeah. So I've done this before where I will use my head and look both ways before I cross the street. And begin crossing before the little light tells me I can cross. And I have seen people who are standing on the same corner as me go ahead and follow my lead. Mm -hmm. And that's what most people are waiting for. They're waiting for you to do something. They're not going to do it themselves. They may have all kinds of thoughts about what they think is right and wrong and what they think is appropriate or inappropriate and what they want to see happen for the world. But they aren't willing to be the first person to take the step. They're not willing to. Most people are like that. I do the same thing with traffic laws. I follow traffic etiquette, you know, but unless there's a cop around, I don't follow lights or anything if it's appropriate to go. And I have people follow me when I do it. Really? That's even more ballsy if you think about it. I mean, for them to follow something like, like if you're talking about running a red light, for instance. Running a red light. Yeah. If it's like, you know, three o'clock in the morning and you're sitting at the left turn thing, the the red arrow, and there's no reason in the world to not to go, then, you know, you stop, you look, you go. We can talk more about leadership here in a moment if you'd like at 855-450-FREE because we need more of them. We need more people like Diane here, or Darlene rather, to go ahead and, and step up and to actually do things and not expect others to do them for her. 855-450-FREE. You can comment and bring up whatever's on your mind. It's Free Talk Live. 
Get 18,000 radio stations from around the world. Pandora, Opio, Live 365, and MP3 tunes. With C Crane's CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio. It's great in any room of the house. You can listen to your favorite station stream from back home, whether it's another state or another country. Play Free Talk Live's live streams, LRN.FM, or your favorite stations. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane company, their products are the best. Get the CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio at ccrane.com, ccrane.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number for you, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. Once again, 855-450-3733. Your thoughts on profanity being used in public, uh, whether or not it should or uh, shouldn't be banned. You're certainly welcome to comment on that. Should the protest that went on today have gone on? Is it offensive to you that it did happen? Or do you think, as Julia and I do, that it was the right thing to do? Uh, 855-450-FREE. Or we can talk about leadership, which is something that uh, we've kind of just gotten into and how people aren't willing to take the lead on uh, things that they, even though they consider them important, they're not willing to do anything about it in the hopes that someone else will do it first and they can just kind of follow along and cheer. Uh, So 855-450-FREE. You can also bring up anything you want. There are a lot of circumstances in life when you'd like to have a videotape and some evidence of what occurred. One of those, you know, oftentimes those circumstances occur in a car. If you could have a camera that records your speed, your direction, um, you know, your GPS location, uh, the audio and the video of the situation um, in your car without you having to sort of set it up every time, it'd be really convenient. And it exists. You can get it at freedomcam.net. It's the GPS black box dash cam. uh, It's a little unit. looks like a... Radar unit uh, stuck to your windshield. It uh, takes the video and the audio and the GPS and the uh, speed and everything that you might need in case of an accident or maybe some run-in with the law or whatever. When somebody else's word might be taken over the truth, then you would have this kind of insurance. And insurance is valuable. I mean, at freedomcam.net, it's cheap insurance. You can keep this thing for, you know, you pull it off, put it on the next car. Uh, it just keeps on uh, working for you. It's, I have one in both of my vehicles. Freedomcam.net It's a GPS black box dash cam. All right, let's go to the phones to the fun. Michelle's in Chicago, and you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hello, Michelle. Michelle in Chicago. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, oh, I'm, here, no I'm here, I'm here. Go ahead with your thoughts. Well, we were just driving back from Porkfest and kind of listening to you guys most of the way down. And um, we just were wondering if you could just read the ordinance for us because, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of having a heated debate ourselves in the car about it. <laughs> I wish we could, but uh, none of us have as of yet seen the ordinance. Uh, a lot of times when you're talking about these little towns up here, and this isn't a little town, but the towns in New England – they they haven't really – that whole internet thing, they're not sure if it's a fad or not. So they <laughs> they don't have – you know, I'm certain my town, you can't get the ordinances, just pull them off the internet and, and get them. I had to go down, get a – pay for the photocopied, uh, you know, s- small stack of ordinances. It's only like 33 pages or something like that. Um, and, you know, that's the only way I could get them. So I suspect that this town doesn't have anything like that. Well, they probably do that just to make it even more convoluted as mm. what they're enforcing. It's not like they're out trying to do customer service. Right. 
clearly, clearly. All right. Well, I was kind of hoping that we could get some clarification on it, but we'll just have to keep speculating. Then. What's the What's the the uh, dispute in your car? What What are you wondering? Well, actually, it's really close to something you guys just said. Like sometimes, you know, we use what you're going to call swear words or whatever in a positive context, and um, you know, and it, what's where do you draw the line? You know, the f word is one thing versus you know, what if you say, "Oh, I had a hell of a day." Yeah. I mean, is that is is that considered swearing or not so it's just you know we're, we're kind of debating whether or not it's even enforceable you sure. know i mean and not and we were also wondering if there was like um like in football offsetting penalties like if i get arrested for swearing and then the cop calls me like you know jackass or something then do am i the, like are they offsetting penalties and i no longer get arrested i mean how does that work uh no you, I mean, you can be certain that uh, the government agents uh, can do whatever the heck they want and they often do i mean they're you know they're often video recorded uh, saying all kinds of foul using all kinds of foul language and so i'm certain well, yeah. this just doesn't apply to them um in no circumstance Remember, this only applies to teenagers and people they don't like in uh, the middle of town basically well, remember, I'm from Chicago, so our cops are among the worst. So. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Michelle, thanks for uh, for sharing that. How was yep. Porkfest for you? It was awesome. We had a great time. Um, you know, rain and all, it was still a blast, so we had a wonderful time out there. Fantastic. Can't wait till next year. All right. Thanks for the call tonight. Right, I appreciate hearing from yep. you. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So, and, yeah, I would really love to know what, um, you know, you're going to have to have a definition. You need to have lists of words. I have a feeling, just guessing, based on my experience with these sorts of things, that the law is written very vague, sure. so they can use it however they want. Well, yeah. yeah, usually, like if you look at uh, bans on obscenity, for instance, uh, as they call it, the the definition of obscenity is very nebulous. It has to do with the uh, community standards of an area. You know what people think uh, is offensive, and essentially, the judge will say something like, "I'll know it's pornography if I see it." I mean, that's usually how they judge yeah. these things. Absolutely. And the difficulty is, is if you say you outlaw the F-bomb. Well, you know, I wasn't saying the F-bomb. I was saying another word that spells P-H-U-C, right? Like, that's the word I was saying. <laughs> um, so, you know, if it's written down, uh, you know, the, the spelling of uh, the F-bomb, and then I say, no, no, it's this other spelling that I was saying, well, you know, prove I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you've got all these situations. It's a $20 ticket, and it's just like a parking fine. Their expectation is, is you'll just pay the ticket. And most people probably will. Sure, it's just not it's not worth the trouble. What about using a word that is like for example, the T V show Battlestar Galactica frack. always said frack and I thought it was really funny because they used it in the exact same context oh, yeah. of the F word. They, they so would, it means they would the same fracking thing. say frack anytime they fracking felt like right. it. And so it means the same thing. So I always kinda of wondered if it was pointing out the humor of you know what I mean? Profanity being Or the ridiculousness banned. of it. Right. So yeah. I wonder, you know, if you went to a cop and you said, frack you. I mean, yeah. that's not a swear word. No. I mean, it's just strange. Right. But they would probably consider it profane because of what I'm trying well, to right. say. Yeah, well, right. Because what if the teenagers downtown in Middleborough all of a sudden switch the F-bomb to frack? They should. I recommend it. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just this... <laughs> It's it's really this difficult thing in yeah. order to try to outlaw. Well, right, and I think that it is going to be, you know, as Michelle pointed out, it is going to be difficult to enforce. 
but only if somebody refuses to take the plea deal and contacts the ACLU or some attorney that's ready to like go to town on right. this particular well, and issue. And a $20 fine, it's just not worth your trouble. It's like getting a parking ticket here in Keene where it's a $5 parking ticket. And, you know, I've fought these things on a couple of occasions. One time, uh, you know, the first time they didn't bother taking it, and then I wrote a blog post about but it. But it is worth your trouble from the larger perspective because the more people don't take the plea deal, the less likely they are to hit people with this nonsense anymore. No, it's not less likely. They're going to continue around, continue to go around and, and hit people with it. But it's just that they'll drop the cases. The- well, we're, but okay, but if they start dropping cases, then people will learn that if they take don't take the plea deal, there's a good chance their case might get dropped. I, I don't think, that and it's, the word will spread that if they don't take the plea deal, their case might get dropped. It's and a so long, more people will do it. It's a lot of uh, you know. It's 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 a, you're not going to get any advertising from the newspaper. No, not doubt. in this town where but they hate free staters. Word of mouth is very popular. I don't know who they is. You mean the newspaper? The newspaper? It depends who you ask. I get along pretty well with some of their reporters. They certainly don't put any of your very newsworthy stuff in the in the paper. That's fine. I mean, they're competing news agency as far as i'm concerned the freekeen.com the reason they're a competing news agency is because they wouldn't put it very in a lot of your very newsworthy stuff in the newspaper 855-450-FREE that is the SACL cai toll free line but my point was going to be that word of mouth is very effective and in massachusetts people figured out that the marijuana decriminalization measure meant that if they were ticketed for a marijuana violation and didn't pay it, there was no penalty. They found that out, and the word spread, and people stopped going and paying the fines for marijuana tickets in Massachusetts. So it's absolutely possible that people can get these ideas. It's Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves toll-free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. We've got the webcam. You can go watch, listen, and interact because the chat room is built into the same page as the cam. Go to cam.freetalklive.com to see and do that for free. That's cam.freetalklive.com. You know, one of the most egregious areas that the co- the government really messes with your life is the area where they control the money. Uh, governments around the world, but specifically United States government, I mean, you know, they, they, the dollar is the world's re- reserve currency. And when the U.S. Treasury spends 43% more than it has and therefore creates that much more debt, and then the Federal Reserve buys up that debt um, through – you know, inflating the the currency by creating more dollars um, in computers and everywhere. It, it, this is the kind of thing that robs people of their 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 savings. Hmm. There's only one way to handle this, and this is using sound money. Sound money can be difficult, as its definition has been in the past, as you know, like gold and silver and and commodities and things like that has been difficult to implement on the internet until bitcoins. Bitcoins are 
I, I guess they're a currency and they're math. They're an unbreakable code. And then they have all the all the features of sound currency. And you can go get Bitcoins at bitinstant.com. Um, when you go to bitinstant.com, there are more than 700,000 locations across the United States, uh, Brazil, and, and Russia, and soon adding the Eurozone. Walmart, CVS stores, 7-Elevens, uh, you know, major banks, all those places. You can go and, you know, first you got to go to bitinstant.com and they'll give you a code. And then you go to these places, deposit cash and get bitcoins. They don't ask you for driver's license. It's completely, it's, you can, you, you can use bitcoins and make them completely anonymous if you, uh, you know, do it properly. It's bitinstant.com. And I hung out with the BitInstant guys at Porkfest and had a really great time. Bitinstant.com. Okay, so I've been looking and looking and looking and trying to find uh, during the break here this profanity bylaws and the text of it that we've been talking about to quite an extent here on Free Talk Live this evening. The very fact that this isn't in every news story just goes to show what reporting looks like. Yeah, reporting can be pretty bad out there, no doubt. Uh, but I believe I have found at least an excerpt. First, I went to the town of Middleborough, Massachusetts. They do have a website, but like most government sites, it sucks. Uh, and uh, if you actually look at the town meeting documents, the, their last meeting document was from June 6, 2011. So I was looking at that. Uh, I didn't notice the 2011 part on it. I'm like, oh, June 6, that must be it. No, it's a year old. Uh, so there's nothing fresh uh, from any town meeting within the last year at the Middleborough Town website. Yeah. Uh, but there is a piece from, let's see, where is this? This is the Taunton Daily Gazette. In an article about the constitutionality of the Middleborough profanity law, they cite some of the language of the bylaw. So it's not, this is not the full text of it. But the key language they claim includes, quote, whoever having arrived at the age of discretion. What is that? That's what I'd <laughs> like to know as well. Accosts or addresses another person with profane or obscene language in a street or other public place. And then they cut off the, uh, the quote at that point. So it's, it's, but that's not much. <laughs> yeah. But it sounds just that little bit sounds like that lady was wrong. I mean, it, it does says, sound like she was wrong. It says anywhere in a public street or in the public. And so. the, the term is uh, to a cost, and that doesn't mean anything about violence. It just simply means to to confront and to uh, speak to. Yeah, there was something about discretion in there. I I didn't understand the that age part. of discretion. Whoever having arrived at the age of <laughs> discretion, meaning maybe they can't find a teenager. I oh. Maybe if they can consent to sex or something like that, that therefore they can't use curse words. I don't know what qualifies as the age of discretion, frankly. All right, lawyers, I mean, if you have any lawyers out there, uh, you know the age of discretion is, please feel free to, uh, to clue us in. Uh, and, but I know that they'll send, in Florida, they'll send a, uh, a 12-year-old to death row. So, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not certain that, uh, that a teenager hasn't met the, the, the age of discretion uh, criteria either. So you're welcome to uh, to add your thoughts into this discussion about profanity. And, of course, they're not defining uh, what is profane. They're not defining what is obscene. Will they come up? Will they have to come up with that? Will that be something they're going to have to add to this is a list of uh, the words that have been prohibited, in which case that could open them up to even more uh, constitutional challenges uh, in, that, uh, in that instance. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We've got other stuff to talk about tonight here, including a court decision, Mark, that you wanted to share regarding immigration, specifically the oppressive 
immigration law that Am- uh, excuse me that uh, Arizona passed a number of years ago and was subsequently emulated by I believe both Georgia and Alabama. Do you happen to have that handy? Uh, you're talking the uh, the Supreme Court ruling on Arizona's immigration law, right? That's correct. Yeah. Well, it looks today like today there was a ruling by the Supreme Court. Oh, and- oh hold on. Before you get there, I found I found more wording from the bylaw here according to the Nashua Telegraph. Uh, the actual the original bylaw reads. This, whoever having arrived at the age of discretion accosts or addresses another person with profane or obscene language in a street or other public place may be punished by a fine of not more than $20. The wording of the new bylaw adds, quote, a police officer, as an alternative to initiating criminal proceedings, may give to the offender a written notice to appear before the clerk of the district court having jurisdiction thereof. So that's the full text of the bylaw. So it doesn't give you a list of words. It does not. And it doesn't tell you what age somebody's, um, you know. So, so at this point, some police officer decides whether or not you're old enough to know what your decision making faculties are. Age of discretion may be defined in a definition section in the. Likely, in the that's the case. So we don't know what that is. So you know, this this is just one of those things. Um, they, they they don't tell you what a cuss word is. What offensive? What what's the terminology they use? Offensive language. I'm sorry. Uh, they address another person with profane or obscene language. And uh, like an obscene and, and the definition of obscene has historically been uh, very nebulous about uh, offending community standards. According to and F- it usually has to do with excretory functions yeah. and bodily and according functions. to the FCC. Um, but like as i understand it that you could you know that obscene is it's it not every word that you might think is obscene is necessarily obscene and it depends on usage that's so correct i would the like bomb is not necessarily obscene i would like to um you know i would like to f that woman over there is obscene language however i would like to effing have sex with that woman over there is not obscene language does that sound as far right as to the you? Termina- terminology of the word "f" that yep. is, but ha- probably uh, I don't think I, I I can say I would like to. Have or sex with a that better woman example, a better example of that, which is simply to say the exclam uh, the exclamation "f" is not obscene. Right. To just simply exclaim "f" is not is not obscene, uh, but to use the term in a sexual function manner is considered obscene. However, the exclamation "f" is considered a profane, and the FCC does have pro- prohibition on profanity as well as obscenity. So, you know, there you go. It's tried, it's, it's very difficult to know, you know, what this means, um, you know, which, which words are obscene and which ones aren't. I mean, why doesn't the government just go ahead and adopt George Carlin's seven words? I mean, would it be that difficult? If you're going to have these rules, please, please, bureaucrats, if you're going to put these kind of rules into effect, tell somebody what they mean. I mean, is crap obscene or is it? I mean, it means the same thing that the S-bomb does. Please, just tell me what these words are. Are they that bad? Really? You don't use them in your life? You can't even write them down and let us know? According to the Wikipedia, by the way, uh, Age of Reason In the Roman Catholic Church, the age of reason, also called the age of discretion, is the age at which children become capable of moral responsibility. On completion of the seventh year, a minor is presumed to have the use of reason. This according to the Code of Canon Law, which we're talking about religious definitions here. So who knows what the legal definition of age of discretion is, but that should give you some indicator of uh, at least what some people consider the age of discretion. So seven years old, according to the Catholic Church. (laughs) Yeah. 
I don't know if that's useful at all. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up what you want. Now, coming up, the immigration story, Mark, that you're going to share with us uh, is a Supreme Court decision regarding Arizona's immigration law. Some of it's been struck down, but what parts? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features you'll find on the site there. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, go shopping with us. Head over to shop.freetalklive.com. And that's where you'll find uh, all kinds of stuff. Links to Amazon there that'll take you into Amazon's site. And it's the same Amazon that you're used to. It's just that you're entering through our uh, affiliate link, which means Free Talk Live gets a portion of your purchase price. So go and get your shopping taken care of and help Free Talk Live at the same time. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. That's shop. Dot freetalklive.com. It's such an easy way to really, um, you know, the, the, the kind of online shopping that you normally do at Amazon, you can do at shop.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live gets a cut and it doesn't, you know, it costs you a click or two more, right? Yep, absolutely. So uh, once again, shop.freetalklive.com. Mark, you wanted to share with us uh, some news about the Arizona immigration uh, provisions that were passed. What's it been, three years now? It seems like it's been a little while since it, they did I, this. Yeah, it's been something like that. Uh, it says here the Supreme Court struck down the – this is from onla- the Wall Street Journal online. Um, says the Wall Street Journal uh, – excuse me, the Supreme Court struck down the hi- harshest parts of an Arizona law targeting illegal immigrants, ruling the state interfered with congressional authority over U.S. borders, but let it stand a requirement that police check the immigration status of people they stop or traf- um, for traffic or other offenses. Oh, boy. By a vote of six to two, the court voided – Aren't there nine people on the Supreme Court? They could have abstained, I imagine. They voided a a provision making it a state crime for an immigrant to fail to carry federal registration papers. So I guess you don't have to – immigrants don't have to carry federal – their papers. Uh, By five to three, it was invalidated sections that authorized jail time for illegal immigrants who seek work in Arizona. So Arizona can't pass a law that makes it a jailable offense for illegal immigrants to um, seek work and gave the state and local police more power to arrest immigrants suspected uh, of offenses. Arizona's one victory came in the court's decision to uphold the check status check provision. Federal law already requires immigration authorities to respond to checks from state and local officers, indicating that Congress saw nothing wrong with such uh, a consultation between arms of government, the court said. So the ruling on state law known as SB 1070 was uh, greeted with cautious favor from people on both sides of uh, the immigration debate. Opponents of the law were generally relieved and said the ruling lifted some of the fears illegal immigrants uh, felt uh, about being picked up by state police during everyday activities. But they said that uh, much would depend on how the surviving provisions is, is interpreted. And really, all this says is that if you're arrested, that the police can check your status. If they're suspicious that you're illegal, that mm. they can uh, check your status if you're arrested. And that could be as, uh, you know, an arrest could be as little as jaywalking. 
So all they have to do is, you know, run through their list of myriad of, of laws and decide which one you're breaking at any given moment. Call it disorderly conduct. Call it loitering. Call it whatever. And then they can check your status. So they check that with some sort of an internal check, you were saying, right? Oh, like let's go back to the station. Yeah. Yeah, I suspect you of doing what, whatever. So, you know, let's let's check that going back to the station. I don't know. They're not just asking them. Like, I, don't which, like, I don't know whether they're just asking or not. <laughs> I don't like the wording, um, if they're suspicious of you, because to me, all that says is if you're brown. I you don't. Know. Yeah, right. I mean, what else could it? I mean, <laughs> you know, they're always suspicious. If, if you're suspicious of someone's immigration status, chances are, uh, you know, the average person put them in that circumstance. They're going to be in Arizona, going to be suspicious of people that look like they're from Mexico, which is well, just Latin Americans. Or what about Canadians, though? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't suspect they're going to be suspicious of too many white people that they could be Canadians. Well, and if you've ever talked to people who really um, are feel strongly about immigration and, and are racist or xenophobic or whatever, um, a lot of them, I hear them make immigration, illegal immigration comments about anyone who's brown. Like, they assume that they're all illegal. It I, certainly I mean, sounds that way. I mean, we've had people, you know, I mean, uh, it's difficult to to generalize, but we've had people call in this show to say they know what illegals look like. Well, it's ridiculous. I mean, I've heard people like when people are speaking Spanish, for example, you know, I've heard people say really nasty things like go, you know, go, oh, you're here illegally, go back to your country, that kind of thing. Um, and you don't even know that they don't speak English. They're just speaking Spanish with each other. Right. But they're very presumptuous because they have they have a lot of hate inside I have, I think so. I have the ability. You know, I speak. I can speak Spanish at least. You know, to some extent, and and I used to be better at it than than I am now. And sometimes, just for kicks, at and, you know, when I'm at places where you can you know like a, order like in Spanish, yeah. I will do this. Uh, I will order in Spanish. It's and fun. I can. You know, I, I, oftentimes they'll ask me where I'm from, and they'll mm. be surprised that I am you know from Florida or wherever. Uh, so. You know, I mean, you don't know where somebody's from just because they're speaking Spanish. By the way, Mark, I wish you wouldn't call uh, these folks illegals. I I think it's buying into that particular mindset. I know you don't have any hard feelings towards people that are coming here without jumping through government hoops. uh, But it. You know, it it grants legitimacy, I think, to acknowledge that term. I don't like term. to pussyfoot around uh, terminology. And, um, you know, so I don't like the undocumented. We also don't like adding syllables where one doesn't need to, to have syllables. Um, I don't like to say Americans of African descent when I can say black. I mean, it just, mm-hmm. you know, to me, it's just. I get keeping you know, it simple. The, the liberal community would love to add a paragraph in front of every N-word. person. You wouldn't use the N word. It's two right? syllables instead of one, oh, and it's okay, also no, disparate. Well, it's, I think illegals is disparaging. I, okay, but I don't it's think used that by undocumented workers or whatever, um, you know, I, mean, I don't know if they're working or not. I don't care if they're working. How about I immigrants? Care- well, because immigrants is a too broad of a term. It does not specifically dis, you know, designate what kind of immigrant they are. Disobedient immigrants. <laughs> I, I suppose they're disobedient, but they're not disobedient willfully in the sense that they're I don't think trying to do it to you know, undermine the, the law or anything. Why should I make up a, a new word when there's one out there that everybody understands? I am I here in support negative. of people that come across the United States border and every other border of every other 
tyrannical nation, and I support illegal aliens. Okay. I'm proud to say it. I don't then care. Say illegal aliens. I mean, it make, when you say illegals, it makes you sound like them. That's it's, all. I mean, not them, the the illegal aliens. But I know what you're saying. Them, the uh, the racist, bigoted. I support uh, illegals. Okay. I am an illegal because I break laws. I mean, it sounds to me if you're an illegal, doesn't that mean you break the law? Why? Why does being illegal only mean you are an illegal alien? Shouldn't it mean that you, uh, you know, I smoke pot, so I'm an illegal? Shouldn't that be what illegal means if we're going to have an accurate term? Well, I, I think it's just a euphemism that comes from the word, you know, the phrase "illegal immigration," and it just kind just of has been shortened, shortened to illegals. Is euphemism the right word or colloquial, colloquialism? It might be Perhaps. a colloquialism. But um, yeah, I agree with you. That's what it is. But I just feel, you know, it makes it's just me feel a word like that's a, kind of a racist to use that term. It, it makes me feel like I'll be categorized as someone who's, you know, one of those but people. Will you be categorized that. as someone who uses that word if you come out in support and say, of them? Support them? Because yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mark hasn't said anything against illegal immigrants. No, I'm, 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 I'm here to you know, thank you for coming to this country. Thank you for working yeah. hard. I would ask you to uh, try to avoid any gov- any any government uh, programs because once you get into their system, you never know how they're going to use or abuse you. And uh, I totally agree with you. I, I just I, I dis I dislike all those you know government programs out there, whether it's uh, government school or you know government aid. I do think that people who you know need aid likely. I, I don't have any problem with them using those programs simply because well, there's you know the government's distorting the marketplace and robbing generous people of money who might give to programs for for folks like that. But you know, I just think it's a mistake. I mean, I agree with what both of you are saying. I just think it's a mistake mistake to use an I inaccurate. I dis- thought about it and to I use just an don't inaccurate, think it's a- disparaging term. Uh, to allow your terminology, your language, to be co-opted by the people with whom you disagree, you come up with some uh, with a uh, term that's two syllables or less, um, and that I like, and I'll start using that one. How's that? Illegals is three. Illegals. Yep, you're right. Eight five five. Find me one that's two or less, and I'll start using that. Eight five five four fifty free. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. Uh, coming up, we're gonna try to dig up some audio here because uh, you guys have recommended this so uh, that we play this on the air. I have yet to hear it. it I'm pretty sure D- I have it. It is of the DEA head Michelle Lionheart or Leonhard or whatever her name is. She's a thug, uh, and her being asked a question, a pretty easy question. By a reporter, but she refuses to answer. So yes. we'll get to that here in a moment. What's the question? We'll share that with you here in a moment. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can also bring up whatever's on your mind. Perhaps you'd like to talk about immigration. We can also get into more detail on that. Uh, 1-855-450-3733. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Hour 3 is next. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. You can bring up anything you want. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-FREE. 
888-346-3733. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features on the site there. Uh, they're completely free to you. And uh, unlike those other talk show hosts out there, we don't charge you. You can just go and enjoy all the features. They will charge you five, six, seven, eight bucks a month for their site. So go and enjoy freetalklive.com. I bet you'll find more for free there then you'll find behind the paywalls of those other sites. So see for yourself, freetalklive.com. Tonight with you in the studio, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. So last hour, uh, we had talked a little bit about Arizona and what happened there. And coming up, we're going to share with you some audio from the insane uh, DEA administrator, Michelle Leonhardt, and what she had to say in response to a pretty easy question that she was uh, she was asking. Apparently, it was Congress. I said it was a reporter, but there was something else. I think that you know we should expand upon with this Arizona story, the Arizona immigration statute or uh, law that had been passed a few years ago has been reviewed by the Supreme Court now and has been par- uh, partially overturned. Uh, three of the was it Mark three of the four provisions of this particular That's right. legislation have been overturned. And there may be people out there listening to that saying, you know, liberty-minded people saying, ah, see, the system works. The courts have decided that this statute is mostly illegal. They've overturned three-fourths of it. Hallelujah. The system has proven that it works. But ultimately, just because the court makes the decision that's right once in a while isn't evidence that the system works. At least it certainly doesn't work in the favor of liberty. All you have to do is look from the, the wider perspective, the big picture, and you can see that every so often, yeah, the courts will make the right decision, but a broken clock strikes correctly a couple times a day as well. I mean, this does not, if, you know, if the system worked at what we thought was important, that is preserving and enhancing liberty, then we'd have more freedom. And over time, government gets bigger, it gets more oppressive, it gets, uh, you know, more expensive. And once in a while, something might get rolled back. But, you know, 10 steps forward toward tyranny versus one step back is not a working system. You know, I'm kind of torn on this uh, Arizona situation. I don't like the idea that uh, they're going after people that, you know, the uh, illegal immigrants uh, for whatever whatever reason. I I don't like the idea that the state is trying to drive them out. And I guess drive them into other states is what the, uh, the goal is. You can look at what happened in Alabama and Georgia, where they had huge adverse economic effects. Right. Just go ahead and commit economic suicide. That's what they're doing. Right. I mean, which, what you do is you give these your the surrounding states a huge economic advantage over you when you make it illegal for people to be there. Sure. Um, you know, and I don't like the the laws that you know the the federal laws that prevent people from coming here simply because they make the people that do come here to make a better life for their families essentially serfs or slaves of uh, of these companies that hire them because well if you don't like the rules here well you can leave there one but I'm going to report you to the ice and turn you over and your family so guess you better just deal with whatever I got going here mm. and that's not you know that's not very cool but at the same time I like the idea of states being able to make their own rules for themselves. Now, uh, if you're going to be part of those rules, shouldn't be uh, prohibitions. Those rules shouldn't be well uh, restrictions on human freedom. Like the federal government stepping in and stopping that. 
I don't like the state. federal. I don't like because if the you let the federal government, government the, the, the federal government step in and tell states how they can do their business, then they can do it whether you like what they're stepping in and doing. I or get not. what you're saying. I don't now, think the federal government should exist at all. Article one, section. But a lot of these states are, that you're talking about have their own constitutions that are written very similarly to the federal government's constitution. So you know, if the federal government is simply uh, you know allowing for free speech or actually doing something positive, then it's hard to uh, it's hard to cite them for that. Well, um, here in Article 1, Section 9 of the United States Constitution says the migration or importation of such persons as any of the states now existing shall think proper to admit shall not be prohibited by the Congress prior to uh, the year uh, 1808, so 1808. Mm -hmm. But a tax or duty may be imposed on such importations not exceeding $10 for each person. Um, So it says the migration of people that states think is proper shall not be prohibited by Congress until 1808. Now, a lot of people would say that this has to do with the importation of slaves, but it says migration or importation. Mm-hmm. And that it makes it kind of murky because, yeah, migration likely was talking about people that were, uh, you know, essentially indentured servants coming here to serve off some period of time for somebody giving them a boat ride. But because they had nothing, dirt poor people, literally dirt poor, as poor as you could possibly imagine people would come to this country in order to make a better life for themselves, work for some period of slavery in, or, um, in order to you know, be better off. Uh, you know, I, I get that some people will say that, but a plain reading of the Constitution is what I like, and I know what migration means. And migration means people coming to this country. It seems pretty clear that the federal government, by hook, crook, or mistake, put migration into their purview and it makes pretty good sense at least for the nation as it exists today that um, you know i i think that a state should according to this it looks like a state should be able to prohibit the migration of people into its state so i don't know i mean maybe i'm wrong maybe maybe arizona is completely within the constitution here it does say that it shall not be prohibited by congress but it says if the state thinking it's proper. So if the state thinks it's improper for people to come from Mexico, then why shouldn't they be able to do it? I, I guess, you know, well, I, I guess and that shouldn't this is, they also be able it's a blow to, for state, states' rights. Well, wait, shouldn't they also be able to prohibit people coming from, uh, you know, New Mexico as well? Did I misunderstand you when you read that? I mean, it's migration into the state from wherever. Yeah, right? it does say that. Right. So, uh, you know, again, I don't have any love for the federal government. I don't want them to exist. I don't like any idea of a monopoly on violence. I think that state government should go away, too. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if Arizona – the people in Arizona uh, popularly want to turn themselves into a ghost town, then that's their choice, I suppose. It's, it's a shame that those who love liberty that live in Arizona are going to have to suffer. It's a shame that, uh, that uh, migrants who are looking for a larger portion of freedom – uh, than an, an opportunity than the country from which they uh, they hail uh, are going to suffer as a result of that. I, I I don't support what Arizona does in any way, shape, or form, but I also don't support the federal government. So there's no real you know side that I can take in this particular matter. And either way, the provision is still there that these cops can stop people and check them out, which so. seems like the worst one too. I agree. Yeah, I would agree too. Like, that just basically gives them permission to kind of continue what they're doing. They just have to be a little um, more sly about it, right? So yeah. they just have to arrest them for something Barely. First. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just, it's just barely. 
uh, you yeah. know, they, they barely have to give any kind of lip service to, um, you know, that kind of thing at all. But essentially, any police force could have done this on their – can do this on their own in any place. Without legislation. Without right? legislation. Right. Any police force where a sheriff or, you know, a chief of police says, we're going to get them illegals. Every time you suspect somebody might be illegal, and by suspect I mean – they don't look American. Um, mm-hmm. You just go ahead and hold them there while we can check their citizenship. If they can't prove citizenship, you bring them back here and we'll check it from here. Lock them up and check them. Your thoughts are certainly welcome on the matter of uh, immigration freedom, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free and if this doesn't, uh, if this doesn't, if you don't think this affects you, just remember – you probably look like you're from some country other than the United States. Call it Canada if you wish. Mm-hmm. And if a police officer wants to give you trouble, they can just say, hey, well, he didn't have his driver's license on him. I guess he must be from Canada. So coming up here, we've got some audio to play from C-SPAN, apparently, where you'll get to hear the head of the DEA answer a question from Representative Jared Paulus. Gentleman from Colorado, Mr. Polis. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, I'd like to begin by following up because I don't on on my colleague Mr. Cohen's questions, and I I want to try to get a a clear answer to make sure the Drug Administration and Enforcement Administration is aware of of some of the uh, evidence. Uh, Is uh, crack worse for uh, a person than marijuana? And you'll hear Michelle's answer to that question here in just a moment. What do you think? Is crack worse than marijuana? Is there anybody out there in the listening audience that believes that marijuana is worse than crack? Anyone? I'm just curious. 855-450-FREE. Please, if you believe crack is preferable to marijuana or their equivalent, if you believe that there's something that they're the same in some way or that marijuana is worse, I suppose they're both illegal than crack. But as far as the effects on the human body, one. as far as the effects on the human body, 855-450 There's a legendary piece of equipment in the radio world. It's the CC Radio 2. It has the best AM reception, bar none, thanks to their twin-coil ferrite AM antenna. It also has stellar FM reception, plus ham and weather. I recently got one. It's the nicest radio I've ever owned. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane Company, their products are lauded for their quality by experts the world over. I highly endorse the C-Crane Company. Get the CC Radio 2 at ccrane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number here is 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features you'll find on the site there. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Tonight with you, it's Ian here. And Julia. And Mark. And, of course, we'll take your calls about anything you want. We've been talking about immigration, but are going to a different subject. But that doesn't mean you have to stay on our subject. You can bring up anything you want. 855-450-FREE. And my question I asked before we went away to the break there was, is there anyone in this listening audience, are you somebody who actually believes that marijuana has the same negative, you know, cumulative negative effect on the body as a drug like heroin or crack? Because that's the question that Representative Jared Polis... It's a strong and radical stance to, uh, to say such a thing, right? To say that it's the same? Yeah. 
Well, that's what the DEA says. Yeah, yeah. they have them all as schedule like, one. We're going to just forget science and uh, you know all these uh, well, studies and all that stuff. Screw that. Marijuana is um, bad. I, I'm not sure what crack is. I'm pretty sure crack would probably be schedule one, but cocaine oh, and sure heroin are not. And oh, really? I would say that heroin is definitely worse than marijuana. Sure. Um, so by their own standards, I mean, technically it's not. I see what you're saying. That's a good point. I, I didn't recall that uh, that detail. And in fact, if you look at the uh, the list of drugs by, the, the, there was some, God, it was like a former, the equivalent of the DEA in, in Great Britain. Right. Uh, the, one of their former administrators has switched sides, basically, and he's now come out. Now that he's not getting a paycheck from uh, the government. Right. He's now come out uh, in favor of ending the insane war on drugs and had come up with a chart of all of the different uh, popular recreational drugs in the world and their their effect on humans. Like, I forget the, the term that he used to classify the effects, but basically, uh, you know, their effect, the, the negative effect on the world and the humans that are using them and all that. Societal right. costs it and was, things. Societal costs it was something. several factors. It was societal costs, addiction, personal um, costs, that kind of thing. There were several factors that they used and right. they rated them 1 through 20. So, yeah, and the ratings were basically what's the most dangerous, most addictive, most destructive, deleterious drugs? What are the most de- destructive ones? Alcohol and heroin. I think it was heroin was number one. Alcohol was number two. Yep. Marijuana was actually pretty far down on the list. It sure was. So and was LSD. No, I'm, marijuana I'm was like worse. They considered marijuana worse than what I think it would be. Um, I think it was like number 10 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually considered LSD and MDMA to be safer than marijuana. Which may be true. I mean, I'm not sure. I didn't really like the evidence they gave on marijuana. They were basically suggesting that uh, it could cause schizophrenia in large doses on certain tests. And in my opinion, I'm not sure that I believe that what someone would smoke would cause schizophrenia. Triggering schizophrenia is a possibility. And I've seen that online, um, you know, looking at that, being concerned that somebody I love in my life might have been schizophrenic at some point. Uh, (laughs) um, You know, I I looked that up and and spent a lot of time looking. And, you know, at certain times, it's one of those things. The people that are likely to be schizophrenic or have that sort of that, that possibility those things can happen, but it's this chicken and the egg situation. Those people are also much more likely to self-medicate with marijuana. So what causes it, marijuana or the schizophrenia? Right. Let's go to the phones here. Christy's on the line listening in Charleston, West Virginia to WVTS. Hey, Christy. Hi, how are you? Hey, what's on your mind? Um, well, I was just going to make a comment. I'm, I'm 38 now, um, but when I was like 20 to 22, um, I smoked crack. And I, well, obviously I stopped. Um, thank, thank goodness. But I still smoke. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I still smoke pot, and you can really tell the difference between the people like I used to hang out with. They continue to smoke crack. What they look like compared to like what I look like. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they look. Somebody my age looks fifty, fifty-five. It's way, way worse on the body. And I don't know if that's partly the lifestyle of it, being up constantly and running the streets. You could know? very well be. Um, but, and uh, I just heard a, a little bit, I was talking with my animals, I heard a little bit about what you were saying about schizophrenia, and um, there's, pot does not cause schizophrenia. What's that? More than likely, she said like, pot does not pot cause. Does, I agree. Yeah. No well, way. There's no way. But, well, no, I, I think that, you know, that when you look at things statistically, pot is very unlikely to trigger schizophrenia in anyone. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I don't, I don't want to give out 
false information. I'd say the worst thing about marijuana is that it's a gateway drug and that it, that it's illegal and therefore a gateway but drug. But it's not a gateway drug because uh, Any, it, because the it's illegal. It, it study the Institute of Medicine study in 1999, which was set out to discover if it was a gateway drug or not, found out that it was not a, a gateway drug. What you're referring to there, Mark, is that. The only reason it could be considered a gateway drug is because it's marketed by people who may also be marketing other products in tandem with it. And I have a real problem with that with that particular aspect. But, that but that's the mean government's that it's a gateway drug. That's the that, government's fault, not marijuana's fault. Right. But using the term gateway drug has connotations that are attached to it, like oh, if you smoke pot, you're all of a sudden going to want to go and you know get some crack. That's the suggestion. Well, if you smoke pot, you've broken the law, and it makes breaking the next law that much easier. And the government shouldn't make something that's as harmless as marijuana illegal because it just makes people who would otherwise not right. break any laws but it's break not a law. It's not, it's not pot's fault, though. Well, and my gateway no. drug was tobacco and then alcohol. Pot was the third drug I tried. Mm. So yep. I agree with her. I didn't do anything and then I started, like at a restaurant, I started smoking cigarettes. For yep. me, it was cigarettes. Yep. You know, it wasn't. Um, but also, I wanted to agree with you what you said earlier about maybe um, people that have mental illnesses use it as uh, a way to self-medicate and i absolutely agree with that you know sure and i'm not so i'm personally not so sure that self-medicating with marijuana is worse off uh than getting pilled up you know what i mean going and getting all these pills i I don't i don't think it's worse at all i think it's better probably i absolutely agree with both of you ladies Uh, i had a roommate at one time who was so into pills, he had gotten to the point where he was shooting them up. Uh, it was really bad. And you know, because once you get this addiction going so severely, you know, popping them in your stomach isn't going to do the trick for you anymore. You've got to shoot them straight where in your bloodstream. I'm from, that, that's the biggest problem where I'm from is pills. Um, meth, and then they can't get meth, so everybody has switched to pills, you know. And I mean, I just, where I work, I mean, you see it every day, and it's just, it's definitely the biggest problem I think we have in America. Like, if you want to, if problem, if drugs are an actual problem, you know, then pills, the ones that are being prescribed and people are getting legally, way worse. I know? agree. Or maybe to... they're not getting them legally. Some people are paying upwards of twenty dollars per pill. Uh, if we're talking oh, about, more, you know, more. Yeah. Oh my gosh, more. Some of them go for sixty, eighty. For one pill, it's insane. Right, but, where's the money coming from for that habit? It's coming from either selling drugs or robbing people or something like that right. in most cases. Definitely. Well, but Definitely. And suggesting that, I mean, the legality of it is kind of the government's endorsement that it's okay. And I think that's really dangerous because yeah. a lot of these pills are, are really not good at all. Absolutely. They've got severe uh, effects and, and or side effects, as some people call do not, them. Yeah, do not, yeah, I don't like the word side effects. I saw a documentary once that said that they're not side effects, they're just effects. But they call them side effects because they're the, the less desired they're effects. They're the ones they don't want to advertise. Right. Hey, thanks, uh, Christy. I appreciate your call and your thoughts. And uh, stay off the crack. I'm, I'm glad to hear that, uh, <laughs> that you're not using it anymore. It's such a well wish. This dangerous. guy has no social skills. Thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you at uh, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian, you stay off the crack too, buddy. I will. I'm not interested in that (laughs) stuff. It's Free Talk Live. Empower yourself by trading with value. Visit DontTreadOnMeme.com. Browse their unique silver dime trading cards and get all your favorite designs. Gift them, keep them, or trade them for something else. They're real value in a convenient package and a tool that you can use to spread the word about honest money and how it sets us free. While you're at it, check out their quality apparel. 
you'll want to be the first of your friends to get their clever graphics on you. Don't tread on meme. That's don't tread on M-E-M-E dot com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Don't forget, on the site you can enjoy various features like our listening options, uh, broadband, mid-band, and narrow-band versions of the show are available through freetalklive.com. We've also got over 100 great radio stations on AM and FM throughout the country that air the show at various times throughout the week. Plus, we're on XM seven nights a week on two different XM channels. Get the details at listen.freetalklive.com. Plus, our webcam and listen lines are also available for you. The listen lines allow you to listen from any phone that can dial long distance. And in addition to all that, we've got our KU band free-to-air channel. Once again, go to listen.freetalklive.com. I've had two people at the up to this point, ask me about the Sea uh, Crane Company's Super USB Wi-Fi Antenna 3. Um, this is an attachment to your computer. You stick it in the, the USB port, and it allows you to get Wi-Fi reception for up to a mile. Um, you know, I wouldn't say that you can just get reception from any Wi-Fi, uh, you know, source that's a mile away. But, you know, under the right conditions, a mile away. Certainly, it will dramatically, dramatically increase the, your Wi-Fi reception. I've had a couple of people ask me, is that for real? First off, I'm not going to tell you anything on the air that I don't believe. So, yes, it's for real. Absolutely. But I understand that the claim is so beyond what people um, are used to that you need to experience this to know. Now, uh, the Sea Crane Company has a, a, a great return policy. So try the Super USB Wi-Fi Antenna 3 if you have any kind of reception issues. If you've got a big house or maybe you've got two houses on the lot or for whatever reason you need to connect to a Wi-Fi source that is weak where you are and you need it. Uh, I mean, if, if you can see it at all, it's going to be five bars for you. Um, if you can... Uh, you know, and you're going to see so many sources that you had never seen before with the 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 Sea Crane Company Super Super USB Wi-Fi Antenna Three. Go to SeaCrane.com, purchase one, try it, and you will you will thank me for it if you have any kind of issues as far as reception. It's SeaCrane.com. When you check out, mention Free Talk Live. They have an opportunity to say radio and then uh, type in Free Talk Live. And if you do, you get a free flashlight. Uh, I don't know that they're offering that free flashlight for any other situation. So if you want a free LED flashlight and everybody needs a flashlight, just type in Free Talk Live. And uh, also, it helps us get credit for it. Ccrane.com. Let's go to your calls and your thoughts, and then we'll uh, give you Michelle Leonhardt's answer to Representative Jared Polis, who asked her a tough question in front of Congress the other day, asking her if uh, essentially she believed that uh, marijuana was... uh, any less dangerous than heroin or crack. Uh, We'll get to that here in a moment. Mark is first listening in Michigan to WSJM-FM out of Benton Harbor. Hey, Mark. Hey. uh, Did one of you say earlier that uh, you wouldn't? I thought it might have been you. uh, You don't believe in government. You wish the government would go away. 
I think that we need to have the monopoly on violence that we know of as government go away. I think that uh, anything the people calling themselves government are forcing upon us by the threat of violence can be provided without it. Um, Okay, I thought I understood you say that that we don't we need a government and the government needs to go away. Because and I thought I heard one of you say that many times, but because I was thinking, well, okay, I'm a liberal, a really strong liberal, but. Um, yeah, we do need government. We just they just need to stop acting like a like a what what or like a Nazi control freak, you know, and just more like a manager of things instead of a control freak. You know, you know like in the city here, the mayor has a call all these shots that you could do on your property and and all this guy. They act like a landlord, and like they're the owner and stuff. Instead of and they're not, they're not owners of the sidewalk. Like they want to call shots over. I think that all the evidence is is that they are owners of the sidewalk. I mean, sadly, this is the problem with um, the government as it exists today. And as a as a liberal, I don't know what your solutions are for these problems. But government as it exists today is a top down monarch, you know, monolith monopoly that says. You will do things our way or we'll put you in a cage or take away your house. Um, you know, basically, those are their threats that they, they, they come up with. And that's always going to lead a manager or anybody who has that kind of power to be a tyrant. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. 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 I'm curious. More like a manager, though, instead of a control freak, you know, like a landlord, you know. Well, I'm curious what you think the difference is between a manager and a landlord or an owner, because I'm not sure that um, I need a manager either. Like, I'm not sure what you mean by that. Okay. Well, manager as in, um, like, not manager of your property, but manager of the city, like, to say, okay, make sure the grass is mowed in the parks, make sure the sidewalks are fixed, that kind of thing to manage the upkeep, you know, and not not like come in like a landlord and say, I own this, you can't have this, this park closes at 10, get get this bike out of there, you can't have that chair there, you know, that's like a landlord would tell you what you can do with with the property, you know. Yeah, I totally totally understand where you're coming from, Mark. And uh, I think that they should act more like managers in in most businesses in that the manager at Walmart can't come after my house if I decide I want to shop at Target. Uh, the manager at uh, Bed Bath & Beyond doesn't get to uh, threaten me with men with guns if I decide I don't want to shop at his store. And if government managers worked in the same way, I think that'd be great. Uh, but unfortunately, they don't. They do threaten me with guns uh, for some of the reasons that you're pointing out and uh, and a variety of other reasons as well. They do threaten my home. They do threaten my family. If I don't do as they say, if I don't want their services, if I don't want to pay for their services then uh, they will hurt me. And uh, and I never asked for most of their or services. Or force it on you through Catch-22, whatever, you know. Sure. So, you know, I, yes, I'm not in favor of the government uh, as we currently have it, and that's uh, I borrowed that one from Mark, that explanation. Uh, but generally, I think that we shouldn't have these monopolies. I think that uh, they, they should not exist at all. We should have uh, a bunch of private property where each private property owner gets to decide his or her own rules. Each manager, if you will, decides his or her own rules for their property. And if you don't like those rules, you don't have to go on their property. Uh, you can have your own property where you can have your own rules, uh, and then we can all get along by figuring out who wants to be where on a totally consensual basis. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like um, the New, New Hampshire, is that where the Freedom Project is? There's a Free State Project here. 
Yeah. You know what? If if some people that's really strong, liberal-minded can just embed themselves into there and become the mayor and then run the place more like what we're talking about, you know, it's kind of just go beyond just liberals hanging out in a park or having a fest. Just embed themselves in the system and become mayor and, and you know, get, and then don't hire any of them corrupt people and if you well, see them, then get them the out problem of there, with you know? the, the problem with power is that it, de- it tends to attract the corruptible. It tends to attract the already corrupted as well. And so really what you have to do is get rid of the power. And ultimately, I don't know if people that are in the Free State Project, some of them might describe themselves as liberal, other might describe themselves as libertarian. It's a might, really loaded term because it means might. different things to different people. All of these terms are, mean different things to different people. Some might describe themselves as uh, conservatives, Republicans, Democrats, uh, you know, anarchists, voluntarists. There are a lot of different words and terminology that would be thrown around between uh, Free State Project participants. But I can tell you that what is going on is similar to what you're talking about. There are people that are running running for political office. Uh, they are attempting to change the system from the inside. And there are also people that are doing things like civil disobedience and creating media and getting the word out about freedom. But I think generally, I uh, totally understand where you're coming from. Is there anything else you'd like to add tonight? Um, no, that's, that's uh, probably it. Well, you know, there's some people, they call themselves a liberal, but, but they, they're, they're so easily impressed. Like, like what you, one of you was saying earlier, but, uh, that um, because... The government makes a few right decisions once in a while. Does not, you know, it, what, what was that word you used? But, um, well, just because they make the, a few right decisions doesn't mean that uh, overall the process works or is functional in right, any way to preserve or enhance freedom and liberty for people. Thank you, Mark, for the call. I appreciate it. More coming up here in moments. Your calls and thoughts as well. Plus, uh, we'll play some audio from the DEA head administrator as she takes on some tough questions in Congress. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, the toll free number tonight, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll free line, 1-855-450-3733. If you dial it now, we'll attempt to get you in here into this discussion. You can talk about anything you want. That's the point of the program. And tonight, it's Ian here. And Julia. And Mark. Oh, head on over to our website, by the way, and get interactive on various different features. If you enjoy this program and would like to help support Free Talk Live, you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up for as little as $3 per month. We will take that 3 bucks in and invest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country and bringing more internet listeners on board, exposing new people to the ideas of liberty. So once again, go to amp.freetalklive.com, get signed up there, use any major credit card through PayPal, or use Visa or MasterCard right on our website, amp.freetalklive.com. You get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, forum, podcast, 
and more. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. Makes a big difference for us. Even though it's three bucks a month for you, the price of a cup of coffee, it adds up for us and uh, really helps us out. That's amp.freetalklive.com. As we continue here with you and your thoughts, Jeff is in Chicago listening to XM Satellite Radio's America's Talk. Hey, Jeff. Hey, I just got a sale today. You did. Congratulations. Uh, I, was, yeah, I, was, I was at Rick Field last Sunday. I had my wife and my two boys that are 9 and 10. And the guy behind me is standing up for this, screaming. And, and I turn around. And I have, he has a right to do that, I guess. I have a right to take a pop dog, smash it in his face, punch him in the nose. You have a right to do what? In, smash him in the face? Yeah, I better believe it's not like that in front of my wife and kids. You, what did you smash dog. him in the face with? I'm sorry. Did you Did you hit the man? With what? Ground his hot dog into his face. You ground his hot dog into his face. No, sir, you don't right. have a right to do that. He doesn't right to talk like that in front of my wife and kids. Either. Yes, he does. Actually, it's uh, called free speech, and if you're offended by it, you can contact the property owner and complain to them about it. But uh, if you're at a sporting event, I think it's pretty likely that you're going to hear some f bombs, sometimes from on the field. As a matter of fact, so if you don't want to hear naughty words, then maybe you shouldn't go outside. Well, I was in Milwaukee once, and this young couple behind me was saying the same thing. And he got all tough, and he said, well, I said, well, hey, man, if you want to be a man, why don't you step outside and show me you're a man, then? Now, if you want to talk like one? I was in the Marine Corps. I dealt with assholes like that. You know, real men, and by the way, I'm not going to let you say that on my air. Thanks for the call. Uh, you know, because this is private property to some extent. Now is, you got a double standard. Whenever anybody says it to you like, they, 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 they can get away with well, it. Well, no, no, it's not a double standard. I have uh, radio station licenses to protect, and my station uh, owners and program directors don't. I've heard you let, let that air, that word air in the past. We, well, I try not to, though, and, and, uh, and we actually have lost a radio station over that word. Uh, in the past as well that you said that's right um but so, i haven't really said it since then i didn't so. really get to ask the, the 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 gentleman there whether or not he, he's not a gentleman okay well just he, because he beats he's done, people up because he doesn't like what they say that's not manly that's just you're lame. just judging one thing that happened in this guy's life i mean he's upset about something and you know sitting behind a family and cussing up. is something that well grow up that, that's what well, children do uh, you they know what fight. i would like to know i would like to know if he Asked them kindly first because you know. I don't care. If you ask kindly first, does that mean it's okay to no. grab somebody's hot no, dog no, no, and jam no, no, it no, in no, their no. face? Calm down. I am, do not think that's okay at all. Okay. I think that's violent. I think he's a thug. He, he made himself sound like a thug. Yeah. I don't approve at all. But and, and I, I imagine the, just the way he was talking. I speculate that the answer to my question would be no. He didn't. Even but, if it was yes, so what? I don't think it's appropriate. I'm not disagreeing with okay. you. Well, I also so also say for if, you, if a person if a person is um, belligerent about their cussing, mm-hmm. like I got a right to cuss here. This is a baseball game, and I'll f and cuss if I want to f and cuss yeah. right in front of your six year old, f you and your six year old <laughs> and your ugly little wife. Like that person is going to get a hot dog ground in their face. But, like if if this maybe, guy didn't but it's do still it, not right. See, so. Okay, I don't know right or you know I I would agree with you it's not right. right. However, it is likely. And if you right, act in that manner, you're asking like that for it. You know, I cuss No, you're not asking for it. No. I curse a lot and sometimes when I'm out, I have a friend who will say to me, you know, hey, there's there's kids around. He gets very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of natural for me. I don't really cuss all the time like it's not like every other word, but I'll say, you know, this is BS or whatever. I don't have a problem with that. And um if somebody turned to me like a family and they said, hey, 
you know, do you do you mind not not swearing or moving somewhere else because I don't really appreciate it for my kid? I would say, you know, I would apologize and Oops, say I'm sorry. Sorry. Right? And sure, I would move away. Most people would. Yeah. And I think most people would and I think that's something that guy did not understand or appreciate. Well, I, mean, I think look he at did him. understand he's it. He's a hypocrite. I mean, he's saying he's sitting here saying that uh, somebody saying the F-bomb and this, that was a, a really bad thing, and he it justified him beating the crap out of somebody. I didn't get the whole uh, story because you didn't give me a chance to really ask questions. And then, so he you says, don't like- then he drops a-hole on the air as though, oh, well, that's okay. So daddy can say, daddy can say some words. Yes, those but are daddy's words. The other man can't say the other words. And he taught his son or daughter, whoever it was, the six-year-old there, that uh, daddy believes violence solves problems. There's some really seriously issues going on here. Well, violence (laughs) violence has been a solution for many problems uh, throughout. I think it's a poor solution. This man belonged uh, in a jail cell, as far as I'm concerned. And and what he definitely belongs to is I don't know that I got the whole story. Uh, He said that he had a right. He didn't say he did it. And that's the problem. I didn't get to ask him any questions. You just got so lit up over him saying that violence was a solution to something that, you know, we we didn't really get to get the story. You know what, Mark, you're right. I did jump to the conclusion... It sounded to me like he was telling us he just got out of jail because he beat the crap out of some guy at a baseball game. You're right. He didn't necessarily connect the fact that him getting out of jail was a result of him beating up the man at the baseball game. But that's sure as hell what it sounded like to me. It sounded like he got into a altercation, and I don't know what that altercation resulted in. I, I just would have liked to have asked a lot more questions. It doesn't matter because we have people here who aren't going to curse on our air that would like to talk to us. So let's talk to Doug listening to Charleston's uh, WVTS in West Virginia. Hey, Doug. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, Doug, can you talk right into your phone? You're kind of on the low side there. Okay, is it any better? It's a little better. Go ahead, sir. All right, because I'm on a cell phone, so it may be going away. But anyhow, uh, you know, about the the amendment or the uh, law, the Arizona law that got three out of four got shot down on it, I think it should have been agreed upon and passed, provided the enforcement is done properly. That's why the laws aren't being allowed to be put in place is because of the way they're being enforced with the racial profiling or the targeting or, or the, like you say, the Nazi state. So, uh, you know, just because, and I come from Florida, so I know what the immigrants look like because we have a lot of migrant workers that have been there. I was down there for 40 years, and, uh, you know, when I was growing up, we went to school with the migrant kids and that that came in illegally, but they were here to do the crops and bring them in because, Nobody else wanted to do it. Yeah, back 40 years yeah. ago, they had actually just, um, I think it was 68, that they uh, they made it illegal uh, to cross the border. And at, uh, prior to that, people had been just crossing back and forth in order to pick crops and, um, you know, make it, uh, you know, do work here in the United States. And then they'd go back home. And actually, right. these uh, these laws, what they caused, and they can look back now, is what they caused is people to move here. And then they got amnesty at one point under under reagan so it was the law that caused the people not to go home but to come here because it was they they had the better chance of getting caught at the border they you know they'd end up st- they ended up staying and then they ended up getting uh, the citizenship and all that stuff so here's another instance where the government makes a law and gets the opposite effect of what it's looking for oh exactly because and this goes into another topic you're talking about with the drugs and that because i like some of your people there I started off sneaking cigarettes from my parents and drinking booze from my dad. Then I got into marijuana, and then I got into everything, everything except shooting up uh, heroin. I didn't do that. Did a lot of coke, smoked a lot of heroin, that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but, and I was involved in the 70s and the 80s with some really um, way up there 
people that like cartel people that brought it in. I mm-hmm. I met planes and trucks and that kind of stuff to help people offload. And, and thank you for your service, Doug. I really talks. appreciate it. Yeah, I know you guys appreciate that, but. Uh, I haven't touched a drug in 28 years right now because I had a son and I got wise and realized yep. things changed. Good but move. what I'm going with this is I go down to Texas and uh, Arizona all the time now, and the change I've seen in that landscape compared to what it was like in the 70s and the 80s is so unbelievably different. It's the Wild West in the southern part of Arizona, and that's why Governor Brewer is doing what she's doing because it's out of control down there and we can't get the right kind of help from the government that they're supposed to be providing. When, when you say it is so, out of control, what do you mean? The whole area down there, the land, the people, the immigration, the drug running, all that, uh, it's so bad that there's there's a sign down there warning you that this is a bad area, and that sign's a mile from the border. Well, the and only solution, the if there are problems, is it's, you know, they're all created by the government. The only solution, Doug, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Is, uh, is, of course, to legalize drugs, to fully decriminalize drugs and allow peaceful people to come here and make a better life for themselves and stop trying to have this insane crackdown on people who aren't harming others. Yeah, the, the drug running is the government's fault in the first place. I wish we had time uh, for Dave, who's on the line with us. Hey, if you didn't get in tonight, uh, please check back in with us uh, tomorrow. We start the show 7 o'clock Eastern Time in the evening, and we'll be happy to take your calls about anything. We'll have to get to the Michelle Leonhardt uh, DEA audio tomorrow. Tomorrow night. I will see you then. Free Talk Live. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right, it's another edition of the Edgington Post show here on Free Talk Live. My name is Mark Edge, and today I have with me, well, a guy who's been described as the intellectual heir to Murray Rothbard, Walter Block. Walter Block, are you there? Oh, yes, and that's very high praise. Thanks. I don't know that I deserve it, but well, I, I love it. <laughs> I think it's, uh, I, th- I, th- I consider it high praise, too. Um, certainly, you're one of the, uh, you know, the, the, the big voices of uh, libertarianism here in the United States. And as I understand it, you have a book coming out. Is that right? Yes. Well, the book is already out. It's been out a couple of weeks. It's okay. uh, called Yes to Ron Paul and Liberty, and it's available on Amazon and Kindle. Very good. So um, now you can go to, I guess you could go to shop.freetalklive.com and uh, get the book there at, through Amazon. Now, how would, um, what, what, describe the book. I, I haven't, I've read the, the, the brief synopsis here, but describe for somebody who hasn't uh, ever read it what, uh, what's going on. Well, it's almost 400 pages, so if a mugger is after you and you've got the book and you bop him over the head, you'll do him some serious damage. Well, the chances are good the mugger has a government badge anyway, so. Oh, okay. Well, you better not do that then. <laughs> right. Um, it's a, a love letter to Ron Paul. I love the man. It's an attempt to promote his uh, candidacy, which is not yet over, despite uh, what you hear from the major media. Uh, it tries to explain his viewpoints, uh, his views on foreign policy, his views on economic policy and the Fed, uh, his views on personal liberties, uh, to explain them, expound upon them, uh, defend them against critics, both libertarian critics and non-libertarian critics. Uh, it's an attempt to uh, give advice to him on various things. Uh, it's a collection of a whole bunch of essays that I've written uh, over the years, and um, 
I am delighted with it. It's uh, got a wonderful picture of him on the front cover, and he was nice enough to give me a very nice blurb on the back cover. Now, um, you know, 20 years ago, the libertarian movement would have been described, you know, there are like sort of two sections, uh, people who found out about liberty through Ayn Rand and people who found out about liberty through um, Heinlein. I would say that those, I mean, that's just entirely eclipsed now by people who found out about liberty through Ron Paul. I mean, he's just the most successful marketing thing we've got going at this this point. Oh yes, he is. Uh, he is magnificent. Um, Heinlein was not really a libertarian, although he had great, strong libertarian tendencies. He was a bit of a warmonger. Ayn Rand uh, uh, specifically and explicitly denounced libertarians sure. and libertarianism. Uh, she was magnificent on free enterprise, but she was also a bit of a warmonger. Um, I would say that you're right, though, that Heinlein and Ayn Rand in, in them are days were the main conduits. Uh, maybe you'd stick in Hayek there a little bit, although he uh, compromised with libertarianism to a great degree. People like Murray Rothbard and um, Ludwig von Mises were much uh, stricter and, and much truer, but uh, their influence was mainly on intellectuals. If you're talking about the common man in the street or the mainstream media, uh, they were pretty much non-existent, and now Ron Paul has uh, hit the uh, the world like um, I don't know what uh, a shooting star or something. And um, he has, I mean, he goes to a, a university campus and he'll get uh, five thousand, ten thousand people. Right. I invited him to my own campus, uh, Loyola University, New Orleans. This was in two thousand and nine, before Ron Paul really became Ron Paul, mm-hmm. so to speak. And we got about 2,000 people, which was uh, stupendous for those days. So, right. uh, yes, uh, he's on uh, major media. Even when they're trying to ignore him, they can't fully ignore him. Uh, he goes to college campuses now and gets 10,000, 15,000 people. Uh, he's on TV all the time, even Fox, which uh, denigrates him, and the others try to ignore him, but they can't. So, yes, uh, Ron is the man. He has probably converted more people to the free enterprise philosophy than anyone else. Yeah, I would I would say it's true, and he's he's a real phenomenon. Um, you know, obviously, the the ranks of those who believe in in liberty have uh, been have swelled because of uh, Ron Paul. I, I'm I've got to say, I guess I'm a Harry Brown convert, um, and I don't know how how big of an area that is of uh, amongst folks, but um, you know that he, he would have been the one who converted me. But how does you know? I mean, it is. The political system's corrupt, and as much as I hope that Ron Paul is the Republican nominee, and I, you know, I'll be watching, I'll be paying attention, and that's what I want to see happen. It's quite possible that um, you know the, the, they'll make it Mitt Romney, and you know Ron Paul will retire. What do we do after Ron Paul? Well, uh, much as I hate to disagree uh, to agree with you, <laughs> I do agree with you that Ron Paul is a, a long shot to get the Republican nomination. Although I will say that if he gets the Republican nomination, I think he'll beat Obama. Oh, I would agree. absolutely agree. He's the only Republican that was in the lineup that had a chance of beating Obama, in my opinion. Yes, and and even now, even though he's denigrated and ignored by the media, when they have a, a, a run against Obama versus Ron Paul, Ron Paul is, is even with Obama as is Mitt Romney. Yeah. So I think if he gets it, it'll be all downhill after that. And and I'm certainly an admirer of Harry Brown, but Harry Brown, when he ran for president of the Libertarian Party, 
uh, he was very, very good, but he didn't do any better than Ron Paul in terms of the electorate, you know, the usual half a percent of the vote. But oh, yeah. Was, I mean, I, I'm not going to say that liberty. I believe that uh, the Libertarian Party is the uh, path to presidency or the fr- or freedom or anything like that. I just found Harry Brown to be a great communicator. Oh, no. Harry Brown is magnificent. And I'm hoping that the LP now with uh, Gary Johnson will uh, make some inroads. And and if uh, Gary Johnson takes more votes than the difference between Obama and Romney, that'll put the Libertarian Party on the map. And as far as I'm concerned, that's all to the good. Uh, I personally favor Obama over Romney. Why is that? I think, because I think that uh, Obama is less likely to nuke someone than than uh, Romney. Nuking's uh, bad. Your qu- I'm sorry. Nuking's bad. Nuking is bad. Yes. Yeah. It's it's like asking somebody, you know, which which poison would you like to drink? Uh, you've got right. strychnine here, or DDT there. Uh, you know, take yes. your take your pick. No, no, no. Nuking is uh, very bad. Uh, innocent people die, which is. Uh, somewhat opposed to libertarianism, uh, you asked me, well, what happens now? And, and uh, in my most recent essay, I'm calling for Ron Paul in 2016. Oh, heavens. Look, Ron is a young 76, and in 2016, he'll be a young 80. And uh, he's challenged people to do bike races with him in the heat of Texas. Uh, 80 is, uh, you know, what 60 used to be a couple of decades ago. It yes, can be. Ron will be uh, 80 in, in 2016, but... I'm uh, hoping that he'll uh, have another presidential run in 2015, and at which time he'll only be 79. He'll be a young kid. And uh, that's what I see as the future of the libertarian movement. I certainly don't see it in terms of Rand Paul. I was going to – you predicted my question, Walter. (laughs) (laughs) I think Rand Paul is a bit of a disgrace. I mean – well, maybe I shouldn't say it, because he doesn't call himself a libertarian. I, I would say he's a bit of a disgrace as a libertarian, but he explicitly disavows the libertarian nomenclature, and he says he's a, what is it, a conservative constitutionalist or a constitutional conservative or mm-hmm. something like that. I would say he's probably the second most libertarian person in the, um, the present um, Congress. But if I were to give Ron a 90 out of 100 on the libertarian meter... Uh, Rand might get a, I don't know, a 50, and everyone else, you know, um, a 10 or a 9 or something. Uh, so Rand is head and shoulders above, I don't know, Rudy Giuliani or um, uh, Hillary or Mitt Romney, but he's not really, uh, the apple has fallen um, far from the tree here. I mean, he, uh, uh, I don't mind him nominating or rather endorsing Romney as the lesser of two evils, but he was saying things like, well, you know, we're really together on on most of the important issues, which seems to me to be a downright lie. You know, um, a lot of people think that Rand is, um, you know, the he's the libertarian Trojan horse. That once he gets into office, and, and you know, there, there's he's had a lot of good stuff. Um, you know, he's he's come down on the his votes have come down on the right places on a lot of issues. Um, you know, and, and the wrong places on some issues too. You can kind of look back at Ron's voting record here and there and pick it apart, um, sort of you know out of context and say, you know, I don't like this, I don't like that, and I you know I get it. Um, but I mean, what do you what do you have to say to people who believe that Rand is this uh, the libertarian Trojan horse, and all we have to do is get him into the presidential office and he'll he'll fix everything. Well, I'd like to see some evidence of that. It doesn't have to be public evidence. Uh, private evidence would do. Uh, <laughs> but he's not indicated, not to me, I've met him a few times. Uh, he's certainly not indicated to anyone 
like, say, Lou Rockwell or Tom Woods, who I trust uh, totally, uh, you know, if he were a Trojan horse, fine, I'm in favor of libertarian Trojan horses. I just see no evidence of it. Like, take the Afghan war. Um, he did oppose the Afghan war on the ground that Congress didn't uh, authorize it. Fine. But then he said, if it was put to a vote, he would have voted for the war. Now, come on, that's not, that's not Ron Paul-type libertarianism. That's didn't, horrible. But it's didn't Ron Paul vote for the Afghan war? Didn't vote for the Afghan war. Ne- neither did Rand. Uh, Ron Paul only voted for, what is it, letters of Mark and something else? Reprisal. A reprisal in, in the Constitution. Uh, no, Ron Paul certainly voted against the Afghan war on two grounds. One, it wasn't constitutional, and two, we have no business being there. And his point about 9-11 was that this was blowback. The reason they're here is because we were there. Hmm. I was uh, under the impression he actually voted to go into Afghanistan, but you know maybe I'm wrong on that. No, no. Letters of Mark and Reprisal is very different than a war. Oh, sure. That, that was for private people to do. Yeah, of course, the United States government has prevented private companies like Blackwater or Z, I guess as they're calling themselves now, um, to from collecting on these things. So the intention is, is that foreign powers would, um, you know, that can't get the kind of weapons that some of these uh, these other agencies can get um, would somehow go and do it. I, as I understand, there was uh, um, letters of mark and reprisal on some Somali warlords that uh, then responded with putting some uh, bounties for sheep and chickens on uh, camels and chickens on Obama and, and Clinton recently. Did you see that? No, I hadn't, but uh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, so for the, the the folks out there that um, you know they're they're looking for Ron Paul to uh, you know to to be the big winner in um, 2012, and you know I sincerely hope that's that's what occurs. And then um, you know you're you're hoping for a run in 2016. Is there any other um, you know hope that you see on the horizon? Because there are a lot of people out there that have been converted to the ideas of liberty, or at least kind of close um you know i mean it takes it takes a while for you know everybody to pop all the rivets on statism and you know in their minds how how does one on the ground one an individual uh you know affect these things changes in their lives for, for to, to get their family and friends on board well there are many many ways toward liberty and i regard politics at this stage when we have so real so few real libertarians as only a vehicle for uh getting a megaphone uh there's uh, uh the mises in uh, a free market think tank. Sure. There's the um, uh, what's that thing in uh, New Hampshire where they're all gathering the Free State Project. <laughs> that's 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 the Free State Project. Yep. <laughs> uh, my own school, which uh, we have uh, five out of five professors in the economics department, who are all free enterprise. And uh, let me have an advertisement for my school. If if you're a high school kid or you're uh, you know of a high school kid who wants to. Uh, learn about Keynesianism and Marxism, but also learn why they're wrong, send them to our school. Uh, what? People should go get PhDs in economics and uh, become uh, professors. Uh, there are lots of ways toward liberty. Seasteading, uh, uh, I don't know that that's going to work, but uh, who knows? It's Looks a, pretty neat. Possibility. Looks pretty neat. Yes. What can one do um, as, you know, with, with say, well, I don't know, I don't want to call it an Austrian economics degree because it's just an economics degree, <laughs> but what could one do with a, uh, an economics degree in real economics besides be a professor? 
Well, there's banking, there's insurance, uh, there's lots of uh, executive jobs that uh, people with uh, a degree in economics make. There have been studies as to which undergraduate major uh, graduates make the most money, and economics is always at the top along with uh, uh, computer science and maybe engineering, uh, medical school. Uh, but economics is one of the better majors for um, getting a, a good job at, at a high pay, much better than... I don't know, um, poetry or um, uh, black studies or feminist studies or gay studies or sociology or literature or anything like that. Yeah, there's a lot of communications degrees, uh, people with communications degrees attending bar right now. Yes, yes, or asking if you want fries with that. (laughs) Hopefully they've stepped up from there a little bit, but uh, probably not too, too much. So um, the book is, uh, see, I have here the working uh, title, which is Ron Paul Might Win, is that right? Ron Paul for President in 2012, subtitle, Yes to Ron Paul and Liberty. Yes to Ron Paul and Liberty. Great. And one can get that at, uh, one can go get that at Amazon or uh, with, through the Kindle? Yes, Amazon or Kindle. Great. You can go to shop.freetalklive.com and pick that up. Walter Block, I really appreciate you spending some time here with me. Well, thanks for having me on your show. It's always a pleasure. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here, and I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com.